0: that wasn't right at all. I didn't update the last picture on the little opening there so that was not right. But anyways, this is the Rogie Report. We talk about the multitude of mind-bending topics that matter to you. I'm your host Jess Rogie and this is episode 46 of the Rogie Report. Today is Monday, January 24th, 2022. I want to remind you all to head over to the there, you'll find links to the archives of the show and ways to support the show. And before we get into it, I want to say if you guys have checked on social media and in the upper, I guess, right hand corner there, the show has a brand new logo courtesy of Flarius Kevin, also known as Stephen Greer's Green Flare. I just really love the logo. If you guys haven't checked it out, it is beautiful. I love the colors. And what else? So I did want to get into some of the upcoming shows for you guys. We have this Wednesday on the Fringe FM, we have Nathan Gillis, demonologist, and he's going to be joining us. And then the following Monday, the 31st, we are going to be talking about the TR3B with James Goodall. And on the 2nd, we are going to have Mick West on UFO debunker which is going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be talking about debunking UFO videos and using discernment when looking into UFOs and all things conspiracy. And, uh, what else? I think on Valentine's day, we're going to do an open chat. So I hope you guys join us. We're just going to throw the link out and it's going to be a lot of fun. What else do we have? I want to give a shout out to all the amazing patrons, So I heard some people are a little shy, so I'm not going to say everybody's patron name out here. I'm just going to say thank you to the patrons and thank you guys who support the show uh, by buying me a coffee. Uh, All your support is greatly appreciated. So we're going to say real quick, we are about 50% to getting the website done. 50% to the way we have until about February 17th to get that website paid for. And then my hosting can keep going. I want to say hello to everybody in the chat. Hello to Enzo. Hello L3. What up Russ Bailey, Stuart. Thank you guys so much for joining us. So I hope you guys, I know a lot of you have been excited for this, this topic and I have too. So tonight, we're going to be talking about something really cool. We're going to be talking about remote viewing. So let me read the guest bio, and we'll bring him on in just a moment here. So David Powell is a 41-year-old retired union electrician. He was raised and worked in the Chicagoland area and now lives in Southwest Florida. In 2017/2018, David heard about the military Stargate program, and he began to study the subject. He read many books about it, such as uh, "Reading the Enemy's Mind" and "The Essential Guide to Remote Viewing." Later, he came across controlled remote viewing. Uh, excuse me. Later, he came across the controlled remote viewing manual in the CIA library. His interest was now fully awakened and he found connection in various Facebook groups on the subject. One key moment was realizing that finding a competent and capable instructor would be the challenge. He found this in Paul H Smith as he teaches the most true form in Ego Swan controlled remote viewing methodology on the, on the planet. I hope I read that clearly. He (laughs) And this is how the Ego Swan Legacy Scholarship came about. David received his formal CRV training at RVIS by Paul H. Smith in Utah. He, he is involved in scientific projects for further research of remote viewing with Vision Institute and works as an operational remote viewer for real-world targets at Cycor. Uh, and he additionally he works with the Ego Swan Controlled Remote Viewing Safe Space Facebook Group, Remote Viewing Remote Perception Facebook Group, the Ego Swan Controlled Remote Viewing, the Finest CRV <laughs> Facebook Group, Sci Vision series on remote viewing from Stargate to today, CRV after three decades. I'm sorry, pickle is barking, everybody, and we are gonna bring David in. Welcome, David. hi jess great to be here oh i'm so sorry i think i i read it felt like a long time but i i got through it i think i got it all right
1: (laughs) no no, that's great that's great the the thing at the end was the uh, book promotion like that uh people i work for it at sci unit um jess and or um i'm sorry um yana and theo um uh the book that they have um on remote viewing at crv and the history of stargate um which is coming out uh, from Stargate to Today, CRV After Three Decades. Very, very good book. I'm really excited about it. But yeah. When's that um, come out? I don't know when. I, I think they're in the process of release on it. I already have some copies that, I, that I've sent out to some colleagues and friends, but uh, oh, I have nothing to do with it. I'm just helping promote it because it's really um, a great addition to um, books within the field. So,
0: So we have a mix of people in here. Some people seem to know about remote viewing. Some people want to know more. So I'd like to just kind of get into how you got involved into how how you kind of discovered it. Talk a little bit about Project Stargate. And then I would like to also just get into like a 101, just mm-hmm. basics and explaining. So let's sure. start with how you got into it. So I
1: got into it through. Um, I heard about it through my my father was in the military uh, in the army, and he had when the 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 book the movie came out, The Men Who Stare at Goats, and we were watching yes. it together. And he had mentioned, he goes, "Yo, know, there's that's real," and or they did something to that effect, you know. So I was curious. I've always been curious into things that just mainstream isn't. And that was, and so I got into that, um, and I realized that there was some legitimacy to it, and. Um, so I started kind of playing around with it, um, through like, a um, like more of a, uh, uh, like a hemi-sync process, like what would they do at the Monroe, but my interest was CRV and what they were teaching in the military. So, um, basically I, I, I shopped around, I did my homework. I wanted to, to find the best, um, out there that I could find and, and RVIS is that that's The facility to go to, um, what does yeah.
0: RVCIS mean? Remote viewing,
1: remote viewing instructional services. And, and Paul H. Smith is the one who that's his company. He was the one that he taught a lot of the remote viewers in the unit. He was taught by Ingo Swan directly. Nice. Um, he taught people like Lynn Buchanan, he taught people like Dave Morehouse. Um, you know, yeah, that's so,
0: that's that's awesome. Some so of his how, other, did, how, uh, how did his, you get, how did you get connected with him? How did you how did that whole he, process go about? So he
1: um, he was on Facebook, and he had a couple of remote viewing. Um, he was on a couple of uh, groups, but he started something called the Target Vault, where he would do like a weekly target, and you would submit your session. So he has a DVD out called Remote Perception that I got and i had started to trying to do his target vaults every week and i started having some success with it and um, i was mentored by one of his students that had finished through um, advanced uh, russell and from there um i just kind of got noticed and then I, I was awarded the scholarship the Swan legacy scholarship and then once i was done with basic i was invited to a op seminar Operation seminar um, and I did a project where some of the sketches were pretty good so they they pulled me into some into some operations. So um, yeah, it's been it's been a roller coaster. It's been a lot of fun.
0: So how long have you actually been doing this now?
1: Um, I've been practicing for probably going on four years. I say doing it seriously. Um, I mean, all my training's been just over a year, maybe, um, uh, through, through intermediate and I'm on my way to advanced. Um, so yeah, um, that's about it. That's about where my training is at right now with Paul and operations.
0: So let's talk a little bit about the history of remote viewing and, Mm -hmm. you know, and how it and how it was studied by the military and the accurate and, and the accuracy or inaccuracy of it yeah so
1: ingo swan had was getting some attention at sri <clears throat> stanford research institute um doing projects with hal Putoff remote viewing and they were making they were basically um he was ba- you know ingo was able to just basically just sit down and in remote view. (laughs) He just could do that. Well, so he understood human perception to where he could break it down and reverse engineer it. And step-by-step they figured out a process where anybody could basically, if they follow this roadmap and do it correctly, they're they're very likely to go to this target and have perceptions remotely perceive that target. So, um, The army had gotten wind that Russia had gotten some secrets that were possibly uh, received through um, ESP in some way. So they figured they better look into this. So they did. And they, once they had heard of Ingo's success, they brought him on to teach personnel how to use this process. And that's how it came about. And it's, um, it's highly effective. Um, it's not 100% effective. People could miss targets. Um, people get on, could be on target and have like, you know, just subtle things um, be a little different. But they could get information um, pretty readily. And especially using it as like a, in, in addition to other intelligence gathering methodologies that they had, as well as other remote viewers, you can get a lot of data out of a target. So, they employed that method with with their intelligence in the military.
0: So let's talk about let's just do a one hundred and one. So let you've talked about a couple different kinds. There's a few different types of remote viewing. So can Mm -hmm. you explain the differences between? What is it? It's is it extended and controlled?
1: Yeah, extended is where you lay down or sit down with a blindfold on. You listen to a hemisync um track which um basically this hemi synchronization happens um and it allows you to like slip into this hypnagogic state and you get this immersive um you could slip into what's called a bilocation um where it's almost like you're watching a movie with your eyes closed is the best way to describe it uh, it's not it's not quite as clear as that everything's very at least for me personally it's kind of dark and shadowy. um, But it's a more immersive modality. But it takes time, you have to sit down, you have to lay down, you have to get relaxed, you could fall asleep. So that's just one way to to approach the uh, a process of remotely perceiving a target. Um, Controlled remote viewing, you have paper, you have a pen, you sit down at a desk. um, And you're wide awake through the whole process. Um, So I think of it kind of like this in a very rudimentary sense. A part of you goes to the target at CRV. It's more like you're 50, 50, like you're more, there's less of you at the target where there's more of you at the, you know, in the, in the actual space where you could write the impressions down, record all the data. When you're in, um, extended remote viewing, it's more like there's more of you there. So you're, it's like a 70-30 type of thing where you're pretty much laying down, but more of your, your awareness, your mind is, is on the target. Excuse me. So um, they both have their advantages, depending on what you're trying to do. Um, CRV, I could sketch a bunch of different things. I could tell you a bunch of different things. I could um, go into the mind of somebody, tell you what they think is important there, um, and write all that down. ERV, it's like it's almost like you just stepped into the room for a little bit so you it's like you're like you visually you're you're seeing people there um so it's more immersive it's to me it's more of an experience it's more of like a cool experience um but you can get data both ways there's also uh arv which is associative remote viewing which people use for like gambling purposes and try and um well they'll set something up like if the if it's the number seven horse, you go to this location. If it's the number six horse that wins, you go to that location. Um, so you could leverage psychic functioning in that way as well. Um, it's not my cup of tea. It's not something I like doing. But there's, there's a lot of people that do it. There's a lot of people that, you know, try and make money with it and stuff. And some are successful.
0: Like lotto numbers and you know because everybody's like oh man you got to remote view those lotto numbers pick the horse yeah. you know
1: and you could you could do stuff like that too but you can't the problem is is you have to say like a number eight is this and a number six is going to be a that because your mind doesn't a number really doesn't exist you can't tell me what a a number eight feels like you know yeah, it doesn't just it's just like a concept that. it's a conceptual something that we use to to do things you know so so there's no real there's nothing tangible there
0: man. So, so we can't really be like, what are the lotto numbers? Like in two weeks, there's a big jackpot.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, I can tell you that there's, I'm a Guinea pig and, you know, (laughs) Theo and Yana kind of (laughs) use me sometimes in that arena. Um, They're, they're trying different ways to, to approach it. Some of them are very promising. You know, I, I, um, they're trying to, you know, different ways to do it um making a, a number something in your mind is one way to do it if you if you have like if you make a clay number one a clay number two a clay number three there's different ways you could do it um but it to me it's like just chasing this dragon you know uh yeah. so I, I try not to go down it too deep every <laughs> once in a while I'll get a a, a target because if I do an ARV target where it's it's you know if it's this it's associated to something, A lot of times the targets will end up blending together or I'll, I'll, I'll describe the wrong target perfectly, you know, (laughs) like the the target it's not that didn't end up being stuff like that happens. Not always. Sometimes it's right. But from what I find, it just, I just, it's so much more satisfying to me to just remote view something straight up. Um, it feels like the, the numbers seem to drop off dramatically when you try and leverage it in that way. Uh, but it does still work. It does still work.
0: Yeah, everybody's like, let's let's remove you them numbers, but so so I wanted to talk about this before we get into talking about some targets. But so w- when I talked to you last week, we decided. You, I, I said, you know what? I said, David, I want to do an experiment. I said, mm-hmm. can anybody do this? Yeah, and and yes. you're like, yes, mm-hmm. yes. And so I said, okay, so you gave me the instructions on what to do, how to set up the target and write the numbers and have somebody do that while I went into a Hemi sync with my headphones and I sat there with my eyes closed. And I guess, I mean, we went over it and it was, I got impressions of the location. It wasn't like super specific, but I got impressions of the location.
1: Right. Yeah. And that's how it is. And that's very subtle. Um, but yeah, and, and in that mode, we were talking too. You can slip into like kind of a bilocation type of thing. You can in CRV too. It's just less likely to happen, probably. Um, but yeah, you were telling me that you you had uh, the target was um, the Grand Canyon, and you were having yes. a it, rocky, it, gravelly, outdoorsy, yep. outdoorsy, mm-hmm.
0: outdoorsy, large, wide open, uh, rock. Western. And the th- weirdest part of the whole thing was I got the word Western, like super clear, like Western, yeah, like right. it was flashing in my face.
1: Yeah, you'll have what's funny is with is, especially CRV is interesting is you'll have you the target will start going a certain direction. And as it's going that direction, it's very hard not to form a picture in your mind. You know, you, you, you're building all these impressions are starting to build something. Well, you'll get something. Um, I had a Target recently and I had it, flippers came in as a tangible flippers. flippers okay.
2: Flippers. And I'm
1: drawing these like little things and I'm like, what? I don't, like, you know, something like so in my mind, flippers, I'm thinking these are like the flippers on like, a, well, at first, I'm thinking, I'm honestly, I'm thinking it's from like, a, um, what is those machines? Those um, like a pinball. Oh, Pinballs. Pinball. Yeah. Okay. So I'm drawing okay. all these things. But it turns out the target, and it makes so much sense at the, you know, once I got the feedback and everything, the target was this water show, because I had water and all this stuff. Um, but it, and I'm drawing, I didn't know what they were, but they were fish. <laughs> I was drawing just fish. And so that's kind of like, it's funny, What a lot of times when a session goes really well, you'll have no idea kind of what's going on. It's kind of like the smoke just settles. And then you get the feedback and you're like, really? But then you did really well. Um, Because as long as you could take, you you take the impressions in and you don't, you don't get locked into this analytical assumption of what it might be, you're going to be all right. Um, And that's what most, most times will happen is uh, right now where I'm at with my training is I'll either just do really well, or I'll, I'll make it out to be something more than than it, than it really is. But I almost always go to the target. You know, you could see in the session, I almost always go to the target. So it's a matter of just staying on target or, you know, or just slipping off.
0: And to me, it was so nuts that it worked. I just couldn't believe that it worked. I mean, Mm that, that, that I'm still kind of like, whoa, you know, because I didn't think it. I mean, I didn't have much expectation. I thought I would make up something. And not knowing, because also I knew I tried to do this. I was like, "Well, what would she pick?" And so I kind of had to let go of that whole thought process while going through it. What I want to ask you: so, if I wanted to do like the controlled remote viewing process, how would I do that? Would I still sit up and listen to the Hemi sing?
1: No, you would. No, you would just sit at a table. You'd follow a structure you'd have a blunt, you know, that, that target number that we talked about before, typically it's a longer, just by, it doesn't matter what the number is, but typically it's usually like nine or 12 digits or something. Um, and you go through this process all on paper. Um, so you, there's a six stage process and, and, you, um, we call them stages. Other schools call them phases, um, or whatever. Um, but basically you start out with a a mark on the paper called an ideogram and basically on that mark is basically the whole target um, compressed into a graphic form and you get a, and you, you learn to read in a sense, that graphic, feel it out. You make that mark right after your, after your, your uh, idiot, the number, and then you make an ideogram. What, and what's happening is, is that number that you're blind to is like an address. You wrote it down. And now you just make your mark, and that mark is you making um, contact with the target. It's a graphic representation of the target. So after as time goes on, you could get a sense of, okay, that is land. And so you basically like kind of like punctured a hole into the target, and as, as you get deeper into the stages, you get bigger. The aperture widens is how we describe it, and bigger bits of data come in. So initially you start with land and then you go into stage two, which is like, you, which is very low level data descriptors. So let's say it's the Grand Canyon. You have rocky, gritty, grimy, dusty, dank, smelling, um, arid, dry, um, stuff like that. Those are stage two descriptors. Then you have what's called an AI, which is you, you've had so many descriptors. Now you, it makes you feel a certain way about it, which is like, um, it's just beautiful. Like if, if it feels beautiful here, you know, I, I love it. Then you go into stage three, which is sketching the target. So now at this point, you're enough at the target where you're basically a camera moving around at the target, moving yourself around, sketching, sketching, sketching. Um, then stage four, the, the you, you're so into the target. The aperture is so widened. At that point, you could start saying, okay, what's here? What's tangible here? Okay, what's what's intangible? What's, what's this target about? You could start breaking it out into what we call the matrix um, because at that point, you can get bigger chunks of data. Um, and then it follows from there. Uh, stage five, you start to break down things that come in. Stage six, you actually model out the whole tar- target area in clay.
0: In clay, wow. In clay. Mm-hmm. So, oh, I have a, we're, we got, we got questions left and right too. We haven't gotten to this yet, but man, okay. We're gonna have to hold this. I don't know. I guess we can go here. We've talked about, you know, doing locations, but what about a target that's like a human or a being or can, what the question really is, is what happens when the target sees the remote Mm.
2: viewer? Hmm.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: oh well first of all i just want to say that per, okay in intermediate you do what's called I uh, think what does he call it you learn it like personality profile people um you learn to go in their mind and ask them questions um and it works really well and that's and i actually think it's one of the things i'm drawn to i think it's almost getting to be like a lazy thing. Or if I like, I just go into the mind. <laughs> instead, of, instead of asking myself oh, sometimes what's at the target, I'll just go to a person and grab them and go into their mind and say, what's, what's important here? Oh, uh, that's funny. So, okay. So what happens when they see the remote? Okay. First of all, if you're remote viewing another human being, I seriously doubt that person's going to see you. Um, At least I've never had that experience. I've heard people you know, have similar like experiences like that. Somebody just talking to somebody about that. In my experience,
0: re- human beings don't know you're there. But um, but who would know you're there? What kind of being would know if not a human? Well,
1: my guess would be somebody that's more psychically aware than me would mm. might be able to know. Um, there's people. There are people. There had look. I've had. <laughs> I gotta be careful because my, my instructor is so. Is he watching? Right. Well, you know, he's very, you know, um, he's very scientific, <laughs> um, you know, minded. He's very, you know, this is, he, he treats this field with a lot of respect and stuff like that. Um, and, I don't, and, the, and the fact is, we just don't know. Um, but there are people in the field, myself included, um, who have had the impression that they were perceived at the target. So what happens? Nothing. But you get the sense that you're being perceived kind of thing. And you make note Like notice. they know you're there. Yeah. Like they know you're, you know, I get the feeling that this guy knows I'm here. He's waving at me. <laughs> you know? Yeah, a- <laughs> Stuff like that can happen. Um, I've had sessions where stuff like that happens. But those are unverifiable targets. So we really don't know. But they're interesting. They're very so- interesting.
0: We've talked a little bit off air about like these unverifiable kind of stranger ta- uh areas or targets versus like more
2: mm-hmm.
0: tangible yeah. real world targets. And I know because people in the chat are like chomping at the bit, they want to know have you viewed Mars?
1: Yeah, I view Mars. Mars is a very interesting place. Um Mars not but not only me, just, I mean, I've, I've done a project very recently where we did the location, the, the crater around the, the pyramid crater it's around a you know, pir, pyramid crater. And, you know, everybody basically got the same thing, you know, they basically got a, a structure that, you know, um, I don't, I don't know what I kind of got caught up into a person at the target, which was another weird thing. Um, yeah i've viewed mars there's definitely struck i I say definitely um there's a lot of viewers that seem to think that there's structures there um i had a very interesting session on that target where a man told me he was from mars you know and I, i was blind to the target and i got pulled into an interview and i asked him where where this was and he said mars so I got the feeling he really didn't want to talk to me, but I, I got a little bit out of him. Um, what else did I ask him? Oh, oh gosh! How did we get into this conversation?
0: <laughs> Mars, because because Russ Bailey wanted to know if you if you remote uh, Mars. Uh,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, so
1: um, only talk what you feel comfortable about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look. It, yeah here's what okay i'm just gonna be honest here here i'm blind to this target and this is what this guy told me at the target he said he was from mars he said that um he was uh planting something or placing something like i got the sense there was some kind of um um what was that again i forgot um where they're like trying to jump
0: terraforming like yeah like
1: terraforming or something um he felt human-like, but I felt like he kind of, it felt like a more direct interaction rather than me just probing somebody's mind. Um, and he told me that when he, first of all, let me make it clear. When he told me that he said he was from Mars, there was a monitor there. And I said, I don't want to write this down. <laughs> he said, oh, this guy's saying he's at Mars. Okay. So then another thing. So I asked him, well, what what's going on here? And he had told me that, um, I said, well, what, there was some kind of war that had happened or something. And I said, well, who, who started the war? And the guy said, reptilians. And I said oh, to no. the monitor, I said to the monitor, I go, I don't want to write this down. <laughs> he said, what? Like I said, because this is what he's telling me. So again, I don't know what that is. I mean, it was pretty, it was a pretty fun, interesting session. Sometimes you get those, um, but I've done, I've remote viewed enough to know not to not to hang my hat on everything like that. You know, I, I just, I don't know. I just don't know. Um, but it's interesting. It's interesting that it's a Mars target and this guy claims he's from Mars. Yeah,
0: no, Um, it's interesting because now that I know, since I became a, uh very amateur one two slash one and a half time remote viewer that it is possible because you don't mm-hmm. know what you're seeing like so who knows mm-hmm.
1: and there's a lot of things you know there's a lot of things that could happen too i mean you know you could slip in time you could you know it's it just let's it, it's just one of those things so I, I don't i find it interesting and i you know i There's some perceptions, you know. I think that people, remote viewers, as time goes by, there's some perceptions they just kind of, they just kind of know, you know. But I I don't try and convince anybody
0: of anything. I just, you know, this is what happened during the session, you know. Yeah, this is what it is. So we have a couple questions about being perceived. What was from L three clown sacred three says, what was the experience like to be perceived? Um. When I was perceived,
1: I, I per- okay, first I was perceived once. I felt like I was perceived once, uh, during an, a, a couple times. First time was, um, I was tasked, uh, the Barney and Benny Hill abduction oh. or not, it it, but it was tasked like it, 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 some date, some, you know, what happened to Benny and Barney Hill and something like that. It wasn't that direct. There was no, like a front load. You gotta be very careful when you task, especially stuff like this, because you, if you, if you, you know, you could kind of imply things and then the viewer will go ahead and just view that. But it was pretty, tasked pretty well. And the impression that I got, I got basically a, a strobe light coming from what I can only assume is a UFO. Um, they were outside the craft. I saw two bodies that seemed to my guess were human, but passed out. And then I saw two, you know, ETs. One looked more like atypical gray. The other one looked more bug ish like, um, but what happened was is so like it was very brief. So I'm I come into the bi location. I'm seeing the strobe light flashing. I'm like okay, and I see these beings, you know. And I'm looking at them, and they look they look turn to the side, look right at me, tilt their head, like blink. This? And and I got I kind of got the impression like they were saying they didn't say anything. But I got the impression they're kind of like, what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> So immediately I pulled my blindfold off and I got out of the session, but you know, I, I didn't, I, I, I said, the ta- I told the tasker, I told them what I saw and it seemed to kind of go along with whatever the target was. Uh, so that was one time. Another time was I was tasked the closest planet with intelligent civilization Ooh. to us. And, this was again. This is early on, but I slipped into and this was in CRV, which is interesting. I was, I was. It was early on, um, but I slipped into a little bit of a bilocation. Like I just got a splash of what, and I saw, I saw these, um, I saw this like being kind of humanish, looking at me, um, female. I don't think she had any hair or anything like jewelry kind of a gown look at me and just kind of like um and then i saw like these really kind of cool looking structures i saw this like shuttlecraft looking type thing it was like a grocery store of the future i just happened to just <laughs> in another planet i just kind of bopped into is what it kind of felt like um, and i felt like she saw me i thought there was a brief connection like she was looking right at me and then it, and then it was over it was gone um and then, was there any other ones? That's the only
0: ones that come to mind.
1: Um, oh, yeah. Go ahead.
0: I have a question. We, what is by location? L three clown wants to know because I don't we haven't discussed. By, by location it. is
1: where like you're you you're like so emerged in the target. It's it's not like subtle impressions anymore. Now it's like it's like a visual overlap of you know. In that CRV location, my eyes were open when I was having the bi-location. It was like a splash of of another, just like a layer of, of action going on over my what I'm seeing. It's very hard to describe. Um, it's more more often happens in in what I was describing earlier in the HemiSync um, extended remote viewing. Um, but it's basically where you're kind of it's like you're you know you're not perceiving It's like you're seeing it. You're seeing it like kind of play out like a scene in a movie. Um, it's about the best way I could describe it.
0: Okay. Can we talk a little bit before we get into the re- weirder targets? Like we kind of jumped into it, but I want to take it back <laughs> a step and talk a little bit more about um, some real world targets. So, so people get a little more, more of a feel for it and, and understanding for CRV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. So let's talk about like the, when you get a target, like what's your process? How do you, how do you go through it? Oh, so
1: yeah. So like, um, well, for, for like for operations type of thing, you'll get, um, I'll get like a nine digit number task to me. Um, I just got done doing a project where we did um, six targets. And then after we did six targets, we had to kind of like try and match them up with, you know, what they actually were. Um, but you know, you'll get things like, um, gosh, it, it, I, I in, in, class, when I did the personality profile, I had, um, this woman, she was like, a um, she, back in, in Vietnam, she was this Asian woman who would get on, uh, the radio and talk to GIs and stuff and uh-huh. soldiers and so in stage four um it depends on the target if it's just a structure there's not a lot of meat there you know you're going to go in there you're going to describe the dimensions you're going to describe whatever um other targets like if you have a if you have a a person like a profile like um, you you know you have you'll have more data um basically their emotional impressions there so depending on the type of target you have you'll have more like meat in different areas you know like you'll have a lot of emotions maybe in 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 a personal target or like a war type of environment target um you might have more intangible uh things in like a sciency type target or a tangible type target so it just varies um depending on what it is and i'll get a good mix of in between mostly i get very real world Uh, missing things, missing items. We just did a project on a missing earring. We'll get stuff like that, or we'll get, you know, big facilities or whatever. Um, Every once in a while, you'll get an esoteric thrown in there. Um, But they're mostly very verifiable
2: stuff.
0: Very verifiable. So when the first time that you did it and you were correct, how did did that really, like, continue your drive to continue to do more were you shocked well
1: the thing about first of all like when you do a target like the way I approach any target is I'm not gonna I know what right off the like I just I'm probably not gonna get hundred percent I mean I was gonna get hundred percent of it correct so I don't you know you don't go in there trying to name it you kind of go in there with the attitude of I'm gonna go ahead and describe the crap out of whatever this is so you don't want to use labels, you don't want to until you get deeper into the target. Now there is times where I have like walked out and said this is the Sears Tower. This is the um St. Louis Arch. This is a bridge. This is a dam. Um like I will name what the target is like as far as form and function all the time. I mean like if it's a bridge, I'll call it a bridge. If it's a windmill, I'll call it a windmill. If it's, you know, um sometimes you'll get more specific Um, you know, you may call it, and then if you go deeper into the stages, you, you could, it's even more likely if you go all the way to stage six, you you know, you, you may name what it is exactly.
0: Like if it's a human versus like an, a place or an object, are you, do they, are you made aware of what type of thing that you're going to be viewing or no, you don't get like, notified? not
1: not, sometimes you get a little bit of, uh, front loading sometimes but not always. But typically, if things are going right, your attention's going to be drawn to whatever the target is. Like, you'll just know inside, uh, I got to follow this woman around, something's going on with her, you know, you'll just know, there, there's an internal knowing that, um, you know, and sometimes you can get distracted. Like, like I, I do that all the time. Like I like, I'll be, I'll go to the target, you know, like the place, and supposed, I'm supposed. Oh. To, I'm supposed to focus on one spot, part of it, and I'll just be like, "Yeah, yeah," but this is so much more interesting. Oh no, you gotta
0: stay on. <laughs> it's you
1: something like stay- that can yeah. happen. Yeah, yes. um, but you you should. If everything's going well, you'll have like an internal knowing of what the tasking is. Um, so, yeah, uh, sometimes you'll you you'll be. Sometimes you could you could be tasked something at a microscopic level. Uh, it, really. And, okay. Yeah. And then you may just have a sense like, okay, something's weird. I was doing a target. Um, and I think I was inside a, I might've been inside a um, sewer or something, but I knew my perception was off. I'm like, something's weird. Like I just got shrunk down, you know, like everything seems big. Um, because that'll happen if something's really small or something or in a tight space. And if you say, Hey, uh, move my perception to, you know, five feet above the target. Oh, your perception will change. Everything will look big. You you know everything will perceive big, um, because you've just moved yourself into that location.
0: Yeah, this um, I can't read the name very well. It's Kia. That's Kia. Yeah, I know who. he is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he's saying you can put a photo of a building in a, in an envelope and not tell David where the photo is, and then ask him to go in, describe and describe the interior. And he says this is a teachable technique, and David can draw a nice sketch of the building <laughs> in the envelope without being told what it is. See, you didn't tell me you could do it that nice. He, well, he, you know, he's 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 the next English
1: scholarship winner, so he's he's talking. Oh, about awesome! What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, y- you can have really big hits, and and you know, and and, and, you, and you and you don't too. I mean, yeah. um It's not, it's not an airtight process, but boy, when it works well, it really works well. Um, And you can get, and like I said, as time goes by, you can improve. I mean, you're, when I first started, I I would do like like 30 pages or something. And I would just barely get out, you know, okay, first I draw like a circle. Next page, I draw a circle and a stick. And the next page I draw, now, because I practice so much, like by my fourth page, boom, 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 I just, it drops right out you know um you it gets more refined it's like a tool you're using a psychic tool and and it gets sharper and sharper and sharper the more you use it
0: so kevin says that's why we wear clothes in the shower (laughs) (laughs) it's too late kevin (laughs) it's too late kevin it's too late (laughs) have Because I do have a question that goes along with that. If someone can sense they're being targeted, is there a way that like they can block or can locations be blocked mm. from remote viewers? Mm.
1: That's kind of a controversial topic. Oh, well, I didn't know that. Well, I'll tell you. Um, well, because <laughs> I'll be honest with you. If you miss a target, wouldn't that be just the ultimate go-to? Ah, it was, yeah. it was, it was target blocking protection. Um, it's sure it's all that yeah, place. Yeah. Be shielded. And let me tell you <laughs> that's a big part of this because you do, you know, even the best remote beers will miss from time to time. Um, and you really gotta put all that away. You just gotta just accept it, you know, it's just it is what it is. Um, but yeah, um oh gosh, where are we going with this?
0: Oh, blocking, blocking, or oh, yes, yes, yes. You know. There,
1: we're work. I, I could tell you that there's projects going on on this. I'm, i trying. I mean, I'm, I'm involved in some projects going on. This. Um, I've seen project. some evidence to maybe, um, gosh, it, it, I don't know. That's a hard one to prove.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But I'll tell you, I've seen some evidence to 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 suggest maybe, maybe.
2: Um,
1: and if it is, we're working on how it's, how it's, how people are doing it. Or how it's being done. I have had a few, I've had a, had a couple targets where I've tasked somebody and it was literally like they were on target and then somebody, it was like somebody was just pushing them right out the door and it was just very strange. And it, I, I did somebody else's second target. And it's like they were seeing the same nonsense, you know? So I don't know. It's why you know any nothing would surprise me. I think yeah. it's very I think it's very possible. Um and I could tell you that we're I, it's being looked into. I could tell you that. <laughs> it's interesting. So maybe.
0: Maybe. What Kia Kia oh God, can you say his name again one more time yeah. for me? Kia. Yeah. Kiao says distractions like hiding a person at an amusement park would work.
1: Um, um, any distractions will help you, pu- you know, pull you out of the target, for sure. Mm, okay, so okay.
0: Oh, I have another one for you here. It says, from Michael Jordan, he says, has David ever experienced mm. talking to someone over the phone? Oh, wait, over the phone. Did astral projection and was able to see the person he was talking to in real time? That's a... Uh, hmm... I, I don't know. I've never talked to buddy
1: on the phone while Astro projecting. I don't hmm. Yeah. I, don't... <laughs> I, don't know. Well, I have I have I have remote viewed people that have passed. Nope. Oops, uh, I
0: accidentally put oh no, I clicked on something wrong. I accidentally blocked Kiamu, Kiamu when I was trying to highlight his chat. So please don't be offended. You are only on the phone for five minutes because I clicked the wrong button. I'm so sorry. Kiamu, please forgive me. I wish he had a good comment. He was talking.
1: He'll we'll get back on. will get back on.
0: Patrick Breeze had asked a question about the um, the accuracy, and yeah. Kiamu was saying something about eighty percent. Can you talk a little mm-hmm. bit about the accuracy yeah. of remote
1: viewing? Okay, so I will t- I will say, gosh, I will probably go to the target. Like nowadays, I will go to the target. I would say. Again, and I, I think I'm being conservative. And I, eighty percent of the time, I think I go to the target eighty percent of the time. Um, I think the data I pick out of it is probably of each session is probably maybe on the average of seventy percent correct when I go, you know, something like that. So then, so you'll get, you know, when you go through the session, you're carrying around all this noise. So yeah. at the end of it, you know, you have a summary. So basically okay, this is what I could tell you out of all this stuff I'm getting. It's this, that, and the other, you know, and, this. and then typically that's pretty accurate. My summary, you know, I think I would say um, maybe and then 70, 80% of that is correct. You know? So none of it is a hundred. I mean, I mean, I would say none of it is a hundred, even the best remote viewers. Um, that's why you got to be careful with the esoteric targets. Um, yeah. Because you you know you don't you you have people like Courtney I mean he he, you know he 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 he'll do like the most esoteric target you could think of and then he'll build a project on that target and then build another project on that so your whole your whole all your analysis all built on smoke and mirror I mean nothing um so you know they're interesting and you know he may be right about some of that I mean I don't know I don't know um but you know it's a thing you don't. You're using esoteric tool to find an answer for an esoteric answer. And right, I
0: mean, yeah. It so kind of you makes
1: be, you know, you have to be open to that. It could be just wrong. <laughs> you
0: know? No, it's true. So we have sci Unit in the chat, and they said, Greetings from Psycore headquarters. We enjoy the talk. David is a very talented operational mm-hmm. viewer. We're grateful to have him on our team. And we have another rogue in the house. Shocking. Uh, Jana Rogi, whom is not mm-hmm. related to me. Hello, other Rogi. You could also have a Rogi report show. She says, Sycor. David, you are welcome to share a few words about the latest project. Mm. It depends on what she's ta- I mean, <laughs> she's got so many projects going. I guess out, you, you know? gotta
1: tell us, Jana. So, yeah. She um she yeah, she's my boss and colleague. She's great. Uh her and Theo are really great people, highly intelligent, amazing remote viewer. Um, I work with some really really, I mean, we did a, oh yeah, we did this earring project. That's what I think that's what she's talking about. We did this missing earring project. Um, It was amazing. I mean, the, the, the collaborative effort um, that came together on this, I mean, viewers were calling out earring, missing earring. Uh, We all went to the same place. Um, Just it's a, it's a, it's a very, it it, it works. It really does work. Um, I wish more people were doing it
0: yeah so I mean so I, we're talking about like I guess private people doing it we have a question in the chat from UK 8864 is the government or military still using remote viewing to your knowledge?
1: if I had to guess, I would say yes I mean to me it just makes sense that we would um they and they could they said they use contractors and they could. That's absolutely right. They could literally be, be calling Paul I mean instead of having it in-house nowadays, they could just have call people like Paul and put a team together, remote view this and that's it you know um, but but Ingo did um, train another class that that nobody really knows anything about. So mm-hmm. my guess would be just by default, you know I feel like we're our government covers their basis. if, if another government is doing it, then we're probably doing it too. So, you know, that's just my thought on it, but I could be wrong. I've never seen any evidence, but I hear a lot of whispers.
0: Yeah. Cause it seems like, you know, maybe they stopped, but they might still be doing it, you know, behind mm-hmm. the scenes.
1: we don't know. Well, and that's the thing. Once it became unclassified, they could literally start a program right behind it. You know, I mean, right. I don't know. I mean, it would seem silly in my mind because like my instructor, I mean, these are some of the best people in the world that are doing it. It would seem like they would keep them in it, but I don't know. I really don't know. Um, I would think they would though, because it's it's cheap and it's it works. <laughs> it just seems silly that they wouldn't.
0: Yeah. yeah, no, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. And the, he's oh, Pat says my brother is working, and they are still being used. And he says, "Shh." Yeah, I believe it.
2: I believe it, Pat.
0: Um. <laughs> <laughs> So, but what is the project that, um, it says share the recent project at Sci? Can you share, do you know which project they're talking about for you to share? I did, Joffrey.
1: Yeah. I think there's, I think. I mean, I think he's talking about the earring project and that's the okay. one I think that's what we just talked about. Yeah. It was, um, okay. I see, I see RVIS is on there. I think Paul might actually be here in the chat. Oh,
0: wow. We, is he? Um, we got everybody we in the that. chat here. This is great. Um, but yeah.
1: Yeah so I she want- they keep me busy at SciUnit. unit. I do I mean I do so many projects over there of targets but it's great. It's great practice. Uh, yeah, they keep me real busy.
0: Now, when you do you get tired like a, like just worn out after doing the remote viewing does it take anything out of you you think like energy wise like um, just make you make you I tired?
1: Like- I like to do it when, I, personally, I like to do it in the morning when I've had a cup of coffee. I've got my most energy. I like to be totally energized, but at the same time, you don't want to be jumping out of your seat. I mean, there's a level of focus. in, in um, And I take breaks sometimes. I mean, sometimes it does get a little, it's, it's just a little, I can't explain it. Um, it feels like there's a little bit of a, just that much focus maybe. I'm not sure. But you do feel a little bit of a, a fatigue. From time to time um but if you remote view a lot it's you kind of you kind of get
0: used to it i don't understand the recent target everybody is talking i don't what target do you mean l3 I'm not sure what you mean i'm not sure on that
1: one yeah that, you, well that 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 joffrey the one who made the comment about the recent target yes he had actually drawn the diamond earring, called it a diamond that's earring funny. in the project. He's an amazing remote viewer. There there is some people out there. Um, it's it just really. Oh, look at that. See, joking oh. aside, Dave is one of my star students. That's probably Paul. So oh, he's that's awesome. very, very kind.
0: And supportive. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I was going to ask you, because, you know, we're talking about something a little esoteric, but it's also we're trying to talk about it being grounded in reality. Mm-hmm. But my question is because, you know, we've talked a little bit about the time and the date. And so can you talk? So are you able and you talked about Betty and Barney. So does that mean you are able to view into the past?
1: Oh, yeah. Remote viewing in the past and the relative present works really well when you go into the future, it gets slippery. I mean, mm. um, the, the farther out you go, the more slippery it's going to get. So, I mean, they do forecasts and stuff. Um, I think about a month out is about as far as they go financial forecast, stuff like that. Um, and the, see, here's the thing with that though, too. Um, if you, if you have a person that says, okay, um, we're going to remote view the news a month out. Okay. Yeah. Oh, volcano. I got in a volcano erupted or this or that problem is the world's a very big place. Yes. Yeah. So those, those things could happen in 30 days. A lot of those things. Um, but th- there's people out there doing it for markets and, and trends and stuff like that. They're doing really well with it. It's not really my kind of cup of tea, but yeah, people are doing it that way. Um, but the relative present and, and and past is very it's pretty good. Yeah. Um it gets a little slippery the further you go out, you go out in the future though.
0: Yeah. Like how far I mean how far have you gone in the past? Um I've gone pretty far. Really? Okay, <laughs> um, okay. I
1: think um you know that 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 Al Sakar or Nascar or whatever I think that was a pretty that whole target felt almost biblical, you know, like just really? the people were wearing, and I can't think of anything offhand, hand. Um, but sometimes depending on the target, you'll get a sense of um, time, you know, you, you, your surroundings, you're just get to feel of like, these people are in shabby clothes. These people are really primitive. Um, the surroundings, you know, like I said, there's just a knowing that comes in the deeper you get into the target. You'll just start things just start coming in like that
0: kiamu says how do David and Joffrey process their ideas and what should a person do to learn that oh good question oh and look that you're just getting love in the chat David is super talented. yeah they're very generous. I want to be good as as David <laughs> yeah, David is an was an ideal person to mentor
1: <laughs> yeah that's 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 Russell he mentored me he Boy, he, he had a rough road, but he got me there. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, that was my mentor, Russell. Yeah, he was a big help. Um, there's a lot of very kind, supportive people um, in the community. Russell's one of them. Joffrey's another. Paul, of course. Um, Kiao, Yana, all these people here, great people, have helped me along the way for sure. Um, no doubt.
0: Oh, man I mean it's it seems like a beautiful and supportive community like I'm really like i'm I'm really like happy to see how much they've come out to support you and keep the conversation going it's it's really awesome coming Me too a- I
1: didn't I, I threw this up the last minute I'm surprised
0: <laughs> I know it's great you know I come from a community where everybody fights all the time so to see this is really nice yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you so um are there any dangers related, like any dangerous things that can occur while remote viewing?
1: Well, I, I mean, I've had weird kind of things happen sometimes, but nothing, uh, nothing dangerous has happened to me. Okay, um, nothing, okay. nothing. You know, um, like now, I'll tell you this. Like, I, <laughs> like, I've told like my my uh, the people that task me stuff. Um, you know my bosses and stuff I, I pretty much gave him a stipulation like you could task me on just about anything except for like you know Satan sitting on a hot and coal. I don't you know, I don't I, I, I don't, don't don't give me anything inherently evil. I don't you know I just rather Yeah not no me. no
0: yeah that's yeah, probably um, a good rule. Like don't I don't want to be doing anything
1: I mean, evil and <laughs> Courtney Courtney at Farsight literally did uh Satan as a target. I couldn't believe he would remote he would have his <laughs> That's But anyway, um, but I'll tell you, you know, there, there's rumors. and Look, I, I don't even want to say that. Okay. I, I, I would say this. Okay. You need to be responsible. You need to be okay. a responsible person. You need to be responsible with what you're tasking. You need to not treat it like a toy. Um, and you need to kind of know that there, you know, there's other, you know, we're seeing, a, we've talked about this before. We're seeing a very, you know, a, 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 a fraction of, of everything of reality as we know it um there might be other beings out there that see a bigger percentage and and because of that you know if you know you go poking around you should you know you should just be responsible treat it for what it is um you know a lot of people want to jump right into esoteric targets like that's the you know as soon as they figure out this is real let's go remote you and i i was nope. this I was no different than that. Yeah, yeah. But I mean I was kind (laughs) of like that too. I mean, I was kinda like that, but it's very irresponsible. Um and you know, and and then too, I mean, again, it's just it's 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 an area it's just really not we don't know much about, you know, we really don't know much about so we don't know what the ramifications are. We don't know um, you know, we really just don't know. I've never had any of those experiences. Have I heard of experiences that were okay. negative? Yes, I have. Okay, so it, do I do so I trust those people who told me that? Yes, I do. Oh, are okay. they are they as good as remote viewer or better? Yes, they are. So, you know, I've had my own incidents that were interesting, and I trust those perceptions, even though they were weird. It's just they felt too too immersive to not be. So, you know. um, I've never experienced it, but I would just be cautious about what you're tasking and what what targets you take tasks from.
0: Yeah. Like when I told my sister to do the targets, I said, please pick something real, real and nothing like, Mm -hmm. nothing paranormal, esoteric, nothing real world. Don't send me anywhere weird.
1: (laughs) Which you'll find, you know, as you do this, so after a while, you'll find that the esoteric targets become less alluring And the more real world stuff. And the reason why is because the more of them you do, the more of them you realize you just don't know. So when you have have a verifiable target, you could measure and wait and you could say, okay, this, okay. I did good with this. I need improvement here. I need this, that, and the other, you have something to, to build your skills on. If you just go to a, just a, you know, some crazy target, you'll never get feedback on. You don't know how well you did. You know, some of that, right. Yes. all of it could be garbage. <laughs> you don't know. So it doesn't make you a better remote viewer, which Paul often says, and that's absolutely true. So is they're interesting, they're kind of interesting sometimes, but as time goes by, you, you almost, you rather have, once you do enough of those, you almost rather just have something verifiable because that way be yeah. you could say, okay, um, I'm doing good in the dimensionals. I need to work on my intangibles. I'm doing good in my intangibles. I need to work on my whatever. Can't do that with unverifiables, you don't know
0: that's true, right? Because you're just you're, your guess is as good as mine on that, right? Exactly. I mean, knows.
1: something like that, your imagination could completely take you for a spin. Um, because that's how it is, too. If there's something very interesting, targets can be in a sense can be easier to remote view, the entropy, the interest it, it attracts your attention, you know. Um, but if you do too many targets like that, then a less more more subtle target you'll blow right by it because you're looking for all these fascinations and stuff like that. So it's really better to do verifiable targets and get comfortable with that and then every once in a while if you get something interesting then let's say like, oh cool I got this interesting target. But if you do those all the time it's going to blow your numbers out of the water. I'm telling you, you you're better off just staying with solid targets um and then, like I said even an operation I don't it's not like I get those all the time once in a great while, something like that will come across my desk and I'll do it,
2: you know.
0: Oh, and then L3 Clown says, Good to see how tight the RVIS group is here. No, it's it amazing, is. it is amazing. And the support for David, I'm like, This is great, this just this is an awesome chat. Yeah, no, see, excellent. Camus says. Excellent educational opportunity. <laughs> My question for you is do you have any tips and tricks for people? Is there anything you do? To, like, do you eat a special diet to keep yourself like on top of things? Do you have like a, a preparation? You just drink coffee and go do it? Like, what's your how do you I do like it? to
1: be if I'm I I find that if I just go in with a good attitude and just curiosity? Um, you want to go in with just a curiosity? Um not too much of a concern about being right or wrong. Um, and if you go in there with the curiosity and kind of a, like a, kind of like an attitude of like going and playing in the sandbox kind of, kind of an attitude, it's probably going to go well. Um, confidence and a good attitude and just knowing your structure, that's it. Um, usually it's going to work out. Sometimes it doesn't, but Usually if you have those things and you're just enjoying the process, it's going to be fine. If you, if you want, if you go in there like wanting it to be this something you've already failed, you know, (laughs) it's over, it's over before you even started. Yeah. So there's, there's things that you could do. They call it a a cool down where you, um, you know, listen to something or do some meditation before. Yeah. I really don't do that. I mean, when I was in training, I'd listen to music in between just waiting just to kill time. Um, but this is something that it's inherently in you, you know, so you should be able to just sit down and, and just do it. And then what happens when you do it all the time, you kind of just, you're, you've set a pace for that. So when I sit down, I start writing my header down, my whole internal system knows what's going on. It knows I'm going to do this, you know? So it's set up that way. And then the process kind of induces a little bit of a hypnagogic state. So the process itself kind of draws you into the target.
0: Can you tell people, because some may or may not know, uh, depending on their level, what is the hypnagogic state?
1: Hypnagogic state
0: is like, kind
1: of like, um, and, and, I, and I, I probably overstated that as far as CRV is concerned. Um, but it's kind of like the state between awake and asleep. It's kind of like, um, um, a hypnot, almost a hypnotic state um basically um in in crv it's not as much so but a little bit like when you're done with a session you're a little kind of spacey paul's call, paul mm-hmm. calls it dingy is what he, he describes <laughs> it. um because i could t- like i've done a session like, like this is funny i did a homework session i finished it i put it all in my envelope and i ran to the post office to to send and I, I looked down i'm way out of the post office, i'm up in my slippers like and,
2: you get excited, you're like, yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So the set it kind of does that too. You. Cause you're because a part of you is going to the target and feeling around. So the ta- the target, the aperture widens and it closes, and as it kind of closes, you're kind of coming back. You're kind of coming back okay.
0: to the target. Okay. Or okay. Back home. Sense. Yeah. That makes sense. So is there uh, what is I asked you this a little, but what is the strangest target that you got? like a real world target i guess not an esoteric target um what's well oh
1: gosh i've done so many um <laughs> I, um well I, that one that, that we were talking about earlier that uh al car was funny it was interesting yeah i don't know if you consider that esoteric or not but it was hit in history it was a Ayana Target, and I think she's gonna do a showcase project on this because everybody, I mean everybody did really well on this, I think. Um there's this rock. Is she actually she could put something in the chat if she's listening? There's this yeah. rock that's split out in um gosh, um um Arabia, I don't know, biblical land. I mean, out that way, you know, in the desert. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I can't think of the words right now. Uh, but this rock is split right down the middle, like laser cut. And it, it looks bizarre. I mean, you look at it, it's like something obviously cut this stone. Yeah. Um, and what I got, and it was, so it was tasked to, to figure out what, what you know, had cut this stone in half or whatever, whatever happened to the stone. So... I'm seeing, okay, for, I'm kind of attracted to people. If I go into a target, usually I'm going to go right to the people. It's just kind of like something mm-hmm. I do, um, usually. But so I'm seeing these people scared, like, Ugh, you, know, like Ugh. you know, I can just see like something's coming at them. I'm getting a sense Ugh. that there's some, okay, there she goes, uh, Al Rock, okay. So I'm getting the impression like they're running from something. So I go into this guy's mind. I'm like, what are you running from? And I, and I get this image of like this dust all getting kicked up, like a big windstorm or something, right? So I'm like, okay. so I'm like, what's you know, I ask I go into another guy's mind. I'm like, show me what's happening. And then, so I get this guy on top of a ridge like he's look like I mean, it's it's like the AOL, the analytical overlay is like a Harry Potter, like (laughs) waving his wand around. So I'm laughing. I'm laughing at the session because I know, you know, I don't I know that's not what's actually happening. You know what I mean? But this guy is thinking that's what's happening. He's thinking this guy's like casting a spell. So then I get out of this guy's mind. Okay, so, all right. Now I ask myself. Okay, <laughs> shooting. What's really happening? This guy's like got a like a rifle or something. He's shooting. He's shooting something. So that's remote viewing, and that's what's interesting too. Is when you go into people's minds, and they they show you a concept or a picture or an idea, it's painted with their paintbrush.
0: You know, with their perception, right? With
1: their perceptual paper. So you got a guy in the past. He doesn't understand technology. It literally looks like magic to him. And that's what he's seeing. So that's what he's showing me.
0: So I wanted to ask you, I think we discussed this a little bit, but are you able to sense another remote viewer if they're remote viewing the same place as you?
1: That's another project that we've done. And from the from the data that I've seen on it, and Yana could, you know, Yana's heading up this project, I think, Yana I can't remember, but they're both involved, I think. Um, but we, I was sent to a empty room, like an attic in a tower and another remote viewer was sent to that attic in a tower at a different time, but we were, this, this, we were tasked to meet up at this place at this certain time and we perceived each other. I mean, I, I got a sense I was, there was a guy there, he's sitting there, blah, blah, blah. Uh, my sketches indicated I was at the right place. I had a guy actually waving out of the tower. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so it's at least from the project that we've done data sets that i've seen at least seems possible that a remote viewer can perceive another remote viewer at the target when they're both in session okay so but that also and i've also and again you know i want to you know we have to put this all together this will all be eventually published i'm sure i mean we've got so many projects going on um but basically, and I've heard this in ERV as well, when you're in, yes. when you're in ERV that, that other viewers have been, and that they've perceived each other. I've heard this. Um, but there is a project specifically running on this. And um, from what we've found from the data that we've seen and what Giannis put together, um, that it's possible. Yeah, that I can perceive him and he can perceive me. we met up at the same time. We did the sessions at a completely different time. And yet we interacted with each other in real time. It's interesting.
0: It goes to show then, you I
1: have no idea what time is. Yeah, sense.
0: exactly. That was my next <laughs> question. And I'm like, David, tell me about time since yeah. you've had so much experience. But it break, it makes your mind kind of go like, well, then what is the concept of time if two people at different times are accessing mm-hmm. the same moment?
1: I've heard theories that everything's happening at the same time. I've heard theories that... Um, there are like, I think Paul describes like time nodes where you, you know, you have to hit Ooh. this marker for this, you know, this decision to happen, for this decision to happen, for this decision to happen. Um, I've heard timelines theories, I you know, timelines is, you know, it, it could be that we can't really even understand it. I mean, that's a possibility. I mean, I, I don't know, but what's strange to me too, is I have remote viewed people too, you know, and it's like, do didn't even know the different, you know, it's just strange.
0: <laughs> just the whole thing is really, what I'm saying really is just, strange. Uh, what's that? I said, the whole thing is very yeah, strange yeah, when you is. try to like break it down and talk yeah. about it. You try but to when, build
1: a model on it and everything goes to pieces. It's-
0: <laughs> it just, it, like, we know it works, but once you try to like explain anything within it, it doesn't really make sense. Cause you're like, I don't know. It just works.
1: And when I went to intermediate and I was learning some, Paul was teaching me some tools. He's like, that's exactly how you described it. He goes, look, I don't know what's happening, <laughs> but, but this is how, this is how you do it. <laughs> this like, it works. Yeah. Like it works. <laughs> um, what's going on, you know, could, you know, there's plenty of models on what could be going on how it's happening. I mean, you know, when we, when I go into people's minds, I don't know how else to describe it a bit other than telepathy. You know, I mean, you're going yeah. in. I feel like I'm backdooring somebody's subconscious mind and I'm getting information. Um, but anyway, you look at it, I, you're getting information out of their mind, you know? So I,
2: yes.
1: now sometimes though, I you, you mean, no, I don't like it that. But yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> that's, okay. yes, that's, that's, it's interesting. Um, very interesting.
0: So let me ask you this. UK8864 says, what might be, oh, let's see. What might the future for remote viewing be? Could it ever be banned if people get too good and find out too many secrets? Um,
1: I don't know how you could ban it. It would be tough to ban. Um, I'll, I'll be completely honest with you. It seems strange to me that we're. this is just so... It, it seems like it sh- this is something that should be taught to kids in school. I mean, um, why are we teaching cursive? I mean, <laughs>
0: we're not teaching no, I no, mean, no. They're, not te- they're still um, teaching cursive, or they might not be. Who knows? I mean, What's I not? just think
1: to myself, had I been doing this in high school, you know, it, it, I just would be so much further along at this point. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's strange to me. I mean, I don't want to be Mr. Conspiracy Guy but it seems strange to me that, you know, the government employed this. They obviously knew it works. They, you know, they had to see the science behind it and yes, they, yet they don't talk about it. They don't push it. They don't. um, It's almost like they want people to be dumb to it. Maybe because they have secrets that they don't want people to know. I don't know. Um, But it's certainly legitimate. It's certainly been proved by the scientific method over and over and over. Um, You could certainly get better at it. and collectively, it's extremely valuable. I mean, I, like I said, I mean, I, I go th- if I go th- do a project with another you know team of remote viewers like myself, I yeah, mean, we we just kick it in. <laughs> I mean, I, I, it's just it's unbelievable. I was so impressed with the work that, of the viewers that we had just done on a project. It's
0: amazing. Um, so. Let me ask you this. When you work with a group of viewers, are you all tasked with the same target and then everybody comes back? Like, is it seem to be more accurate with a team of people going into it, looking at mm-hmm. a target versus one?
1: Well, you're going to get more data for one, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but it depends on the project and how they want to work it. Um, if you have, if you have a lot of good viewers to your disposal, um, you could literally get a sense of the target, narrow it down to a certain spot with, with this, you know, with a group of them and then retask it a different way, you know, to get some additional information or depends on what it is. Um, But I, you know, I don't really, to be honest with you, I don't really, I just, I'm just the boots on the ground. I just view. So, but, but, but my guess is that's, that's how they do it. I mean um, I did a project recently and they kind of knew where the area was. So they basically just, every time I would kind of push myself out, I would would my monitor would just push me back in closer because they wanted to know something specific. They already knew all this stuff. I was ready to give them. They wanted to know something specific else about the target. So um, it could be handled different ways. There was, I mean, there's things I learned at RVIS where um, an intermediate where, and I've never seen it really anywhere else in the field, but where Paul, he would, I would go somewhere and then he would say, Okay, put your pen down, get prepare to move. And then I would get it, he'd give me another number, and I would went from that target to another place and started sketching that place. And then he put put the pen down, moved me again, and then I went to a different place sketch <laughs> sketched another place. So it's gonna be hard. The limit. So so depending on what you're trying to do. So, like say you were at like a base and you're trying to find out which building in this base has whatever you're looking for. That's a tactic. Like he could, okay, here's the place in the center. All right, now I'm going to bring you to this building. All right, now I'm going to bring you to that building, sketch what's in there. So that's why I, I really am a firm believer in CRV as it was trained in the military because I've seen it in action and it is extremely yeah. effective. It is extremely effective. You have all these people that came in and try and reinvent the wheel and tried to add things, twist things around and do all these things and stuff like that. And that's fine. I mean, it works. A lot of them work okay, some of them work better than others. Um, but none of them brought anything new to the, t- I mean, not- nothing brought any more, you know, to the process.
0: No, 100%. So you think that that's like the best or the the most accurate way?
1: I think it's the most, uh, I think it's just, it, I, in my opinion, it's the it's the best methodology all around. It's the easiest to train uh, productively. It's the easiest to uh, most functionality, versatility. It's easiest to read the session. You see how they went from A to B, you um, I think a lot of methods they overcomplicate it. They're, they think they can yeah. add something. These are all by people who understood perception far less than Ingo did. <laughs> you know. So, <laughs> um, but whatever. You know. Um, yeah, but I'm 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 all with the CRV as it was used in
0: the military because it works great. So, if somebody's like wanting to get into remote viewing, what is where where should they go look first? What do you recommend? Just first to get of all and research. First of all, I would make a
1: decision within yourself and what you, how far you want to go with this. I, I've made a big commitment with this I and mean, I want to, I mean, I, I'm an operational viewer. That's what I want to do. I mean, I, but I have the, I mean, I'm retired. I have the ability to do that. Um, but you know, if you're just looking to check it out and casually get into it or something like that, I think a great starting point is, um, Paul has a, um, a DVD called remote perception which will get you (laughs) give you the first three stages um and that is about the best you're going to get i think as far as crv as it was trained in the military first three stages at home that'll give you kind of a feel of it now if you really excuse me if you really from there if you want to take it further um there are the problem with this is you have there's nobody there's nobody kind of governing this okay so it's like the wild west out there everybody's got promotions and spamming and going to teach you this and going to teach you that. And gonna, my suggestion is do your homework because you're making an investment in yourself. And once you start training kind of your subconscious in this process, what you have is kind of what you get. So it's, 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 I wouldn't shop for the coupon. I would do your homework, go for somebody that's legitimate. Um,
2: mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not
1: biased in that. R Rvis is, is, you know, but, he's just the best out there. I mean, you know, unless Ingo was alive, you're not going to find yeah. anybody. I mean, Tom McNear, you know, but he's kind of, he doesn't really train anymore. So, I mean, it's just a fact. I mean, Lynn, Buchanan teaches his own version or he did, he's retired. Lori teaches some kind of version of it, um, where you're going to be in a classroom with like 15 other people, you're, you know, where she's teaching online kids at the same time. In my opinion, if you want to be really good at this, You you might want you want that hands on time. You need that two to one ratio you get at RVIS because it's a very nuanced process. Um, There's a lot to this. You know, it's it's not a uh, weekend course, you know.
0: Yeah. Direct Perception says the only institution teaching the original CRV is RVIS. And Paul has learned directly from ego himself. That is correct. Yeah, that is absolutely true um patrick breeze has a question have they ever tried to tell if time has been changed before i guess that's a little more of an esoteric target have you like i can tell
1: you, you i don't you know i don't know but i mean if you want to hear i can tell you that um look time yeah i mean we could i could <laughs> I, is- I don't know what to tell you okay. about that.
2: time Time. i can tell
1: you i have i can tell you i've had some interesting targets that are just amusing stories like i I, I was once tasked um uh the matrix you know the matrix Mm. itself and what i got was this kind of like this like a wormhole type thing um holographic type thing i don't know i don't know see what what i think happens too is if you get if you get tasked something that you just can't conceptualize you're going you to just, you're going to give your best guess, you know, like if it's beyond your understanding, you're going to do your darndest to, to make sense out of it, you know? Um, but yeah, t- time is a rough, it's just a rough concept in, in remote viewing. Um, you, I agree. That's what's like, like I said, I mean, I think most of the time they try and keep the precognitive stuff around 30 days or less. I think you go much farther than that. You're taking, you know, Unless it's something that's, that's like bound to happen in the future. It's just, there's too many scenarios, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Kimau says earlier, words of truth. It's sad how many people have been left on the roadside thinking that they can't do it when everybody mm-hmm. can. Yeah.
1: Everybody can remote view. Um,
0: Even Jess guys, come on.
1: Yeah. Everybody could do it. Um it's. I'll tell you what though. To be good at it, it takes it takes a pretty good effort. Um, if you want to be consistently good at it, of course. Um, so it's not you know it's not for everybody. I guess. I mean, not, I mean, my wife certainly doesn't want to do it. I've tried to get her. To do it. I mean, she has done in a little bit. And, you know, it aggravates me because I think she'd be really good at it. But um, but she knows it works. I mean, she's seen it work plenty. She's done it. She's had some success with it. Um, but yeah. If you want to, if you want to get good at it though, if you want to like really be serious about it, you need really good training. I mean, you don't, you know, I mean, maybe, you know, I think there's other people that's that are good at it. I don't know what their training background is. Um, but my suggestion would be save yourself a lot of heartache and just, yeah, you know, get trained formally.
0: Yeah. I think that's probably the best way. Brad T says remote viewing was also used on Skinwalker Ranch via Ego Swan when it was owned by Bigelow. He saw more. He saw more people on the people on the property. Wait, wait. People on and the property were that were meant to be. <clears> throat>
2: throat> hmm.
1: I you know Skinwalker Ranch is an interesting place.
0: Yeah, we know. kind of talked about this a little bit in the pre-interview the other day. It's just an mm-hmm. interesting place. Yeah, I mean, I um I gosh, I
2: don't
1: know what to talk
0: about I can't. I I okay. Um yeah, I mean I, a, if you can talk about if you can't yeah. talk about <laughs> I mean, look,
1: that, I can tell <laughs> you that there's you know i he, even travis has admitted that remote viewers have he, they've hired remote viewers and you know they found you know those remote viewers found weird things i could tell you that i've heard some things i i've seen some things in some sessions i mean there, there's some there's point, directions pointing to some kind of portal type thing going on there um but again who knows you know that's i have no idea
0: it's hard to say because that's one of those things where we were talking about earlier where it's like an esoteric target. So you're not quite sure because you're not just trying to see the place. You're trying to see...
1: Well, from what I saw, I know somebody... I mean, I know a couple of people that have done it. I've seen... Um, one session more recently I've seen... Um, I mean, both sessions basically I saw indicated some kind of a portal. Um yeah um and some kind of a weird um you know not human type of presence going on um but i can't remember much more details than that but it's there that that place has got some weird stuff going on though for sure
0: i think even without remote viewing that place has got some mm-hmm. weird stuff going on there yeah, it's just a weird area even brad t says it was during a period of high strangeness he said he described them as short and hairless kind of gray Sounds like Gray's and Direct Perception says that was Joe M. The sketches are in Skinwalkers at the Pentagon. Oh, I know this book, Skinwalkers at the Pentagon. Yeah, that's
1: a good book. That's a good I book. need to
0: read that yeah. book. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna
1: read it. You know, I'll tell you, you know, Hal Puntov, uh, who, you know, he, he helped Ingo develop CRV. You know, he's a scientist, physicist, or whatever. I don't know. Um, but He, he is still, I mean, he's, that guy is so busy at his age, but he's still working on blowing the lid off of this stuff and trying to find out he's working with Lou Elizondo and all that and trying to figure out um, what's going on.
0: Yeah. So it seems like that's the There's a tie to the remote viewing to the whole UFO thing with like Lou and how put off, put off being involved. Very interesting.
1: Yeah, I mean there's some uh I mean I, I know we talked about Mars, but I've been tasked moon a few times too. And I, I mean I've Can gone up there I've the been moon? up there when I've just had nothing, you know, like I was just yeah. on the moon. But there wasn't I was just tasked to something like that. There's been tasks where I've been targeted to structures on the moon, and there there's weird stuff up there. I don't know what I don't know what's I I my my sessions indicate like mining and i don't know
0: what they're doing up there <laughs> um, so, so maybe we're already there and they're like hey we got the artemis mission coming up the chinese say they're gonna build a base up there but maybe they might already be there
1: i mean i did a project on that at, at where we there was a bunch of us we all this one location and you could literally bump up the sketches to sketches i mean they look you know we were all at the same place we all went to the same target. that's
0: so and
1: you know, and we all got the same stuff mining, um, like these s- small slave-like people, um, just weird, weird stuff. Um, and you and you look at the sketches compared to the when I got the feedback photo, I'm like, Oh my goodness. I mean, I look you could tell that's the place I went to, I mean, it looks just like it. Um uh, so but yeah, it's one of those things. Like, man, I you know, it's not like I can go out there and, and knock on the door, so I don't know for sure. But it's weird. All of us got the same thing again.
0: You see, know. to me, that 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 shows something to me. Or it's very interesting that um, that people, different people, get the same impressions. That's I think is what's very interesting.
1: Yeah, I mean, when 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 I see that if it, if it's tasked cleanly and stuff like that, and the, and everything's done really scientifically, is is could be and, and cleanly done and, and i see like five or six you know trained remote viewers get the same stuff on targets like that yeah. it, to me it, it holds more weight and to me it's like well maybe you know maybe there's something up there
0: you know? it seems like it right what i'm yeah. gonna do now if you're okay with that, i'm gonna drop the link in the chat room and if anybody wants to come in and have any questions or comments for you just kind of like a phone line are, sure. you, are you are you cool with that? Okay, so sure. we'll drop it. I don't know if anybody will pop in, but if you're in the chat room, we'll take one, I guess, at a time if anybody has any questions for David. Let me read some of the question uh, some of the comments here cuz Enzo is curious about The Essential Guide to Remote Viewing, A Secret Military Remote Perception Skill Anyone Can Learn. And he says it's by Paul Smith.
1: Yes, it's a good place to start. Yes, it is.
0: Yes, And then Keao says the same thing. And so does Psy Unit, recommendable. So, yeah, so I think that's great. I think that's something that I think a lot of people are interested in getting to know it. That's what Brad T says. I hate to get all the moon conspiracy theorists, but it says, oh, but the moon was literally (laughs) rung by like a bell. Did Mm -hmm. it sound like a bell when you were up there? (laughs) Um,
1: I didn't get much sound at all. I was in a crater. I mean, I was in the side of a crater outside. Um, it was eerily silent, um, but when I went inside the structure, it was busy. I mean, I, there was people. There was a. There was a. there seemed like there was like a some kind of labor force or slave race or something. I don't know. Um, they, but again, I mean, they, I mean, I
0: guess all we can guess is like, were they probably like regular people or were they like moon
1: people? Well, yeah. I got from what I got. I mean, there somebody i sketched a couple people i sketched seemed relatively normal i mean you know human ish you know um but there was somebody out in the distance there was a labor force out in the distance that felt strange you know i don't i don't know what but they felt smaller and they felt strange um and that's another that's another project that hopefully i didn't give anything away on yana that she'll be that she'll be I've been begging her to 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 pull that one out because exactly. that's that that, that, that one I only did to I only worked to stage three, but boy the sketches and really interesting.
0: It's really awesome. So I guess where can people find you and find out more information about all the things that you do? Where where's the best way for people to get in touch with like, maybe RVIS? if they're curious if
1: if you mean if you you know you could always i'm always on facebook you can reach out to me on facebook i um have bingo swan control remote Viewing safe space which is my group which that group i I keep pretty much all the big names out and that way i could kind of we we could look at projects and things and kick the tires and not worry about those people complaining and whatever the case um because this is just like any other field a bit you know there's people clawing at the bit wanting to train and teach and all this and that um but ingo swan controlled remote viewing safe space is my group um i also admin for paul's group which is remote uh viewing remote perception um they can get a hold of me that way
0: okay we have direct perception here coming on in right now Mm. welcome direct perception (laughs) what's up russell you're
2: You're muted.
1: muted you're muted. Jess, this ah, is actually hello. this is actually my mentor russell he's the one that actually
0: oh it's very nice to meet you sir hi how are you welcome to the show russell thanks for
3: coming russell oh i've really enjoyed it great questions and you know the thing uh i would like to say about david david started with a, how can i put it just a relentless passion And when he reached out uh, to kind of get some things refined before he started his basic with Paul, um, sort of a little pouting, he uh, (laughs) went through every hoop and every um, discipline, I would say a fair amount of uh, criticism, and overcame it all, excelled, and I could not be more proud of him.
2: That's
3: great to hear.
0: Oh, that's amazing. Thanks, Russell. Thank you. I I
3: you earned every word of it. Thanks, buddy.
1: Yeah, Russell was a great teacher. He really got me geared up, um, especially for basic. I, w- I went into basic, really. I had my structure pretty much in line because Russell had worked with me before then. Yeah. So basic was, was kind of like a slam dunk. It was nice. So he, he was a big help for sure.
0: No, it's... It... I mean, David, everybody loves you.
3: Not everybody, but
1: yeah, yeah. I can say that, the community I, I stir it up with all the time. I can yeah. say
3: the good people love David, and that's a fact.
0: yeah because this is where everybody's saying the outpouring of support from your team it just sounds like such an amazing group if you're making i'm like i want to join this rv group you guys are so nice but i guess but you got to be good like
3: david though for people to like you no no not at all and you should it's not it's not a group per se these are all informal and spontaneous natural friendships for people that have an affinity for one another but if you're genuinely interested, you should get a hold of Paul. You don't need any prior experience. In fact, to, to a large degree, sitting down as a blank slate is a very optimum condition. Interesting. And if you had that first experience with some accuracy that you spoke about earlier, yes, yes. um you you're not, you can't go wrong with Paul. I mean, Paul learned directly from Ingo Swan, yeah. trained all of the people that came after him who have tried to go back and change RV and turn it into something other than what Ingo taught and what Paul learned. So I can unconditionally support you in saying if you're interested, do it. Get a hold of Paul, go to the class, at least the basic class.
2: Yeah.
3: And if you find yourself compelled beyond that, if you have an advanced training certificate from Paul H Smith in your hand in the remote viewing world, it's, you know, I I don't know how to say it except for
1: it's, yeah. Yeah. When you get out of class, when you get out of class with Paul, Jess, let me tell you, you, your phone is ringing off the hook. I mean, especially in advance, like Russell's fully trained. Russell's completely fully trained. He's taken all Paul's classes. Um, but even out of an intermediate, people were calling me up, wanting me to call calling me up, wanted to remote view this, remote view that, uh, because they know that's that's how that's how effective his training is. That's how effective his training is. It's not me. I'm telling you. It's uh if you if you get good at following that that method, it works really well.
2: My yeah, head.
3: with looking over the titles of your um Videos on on your YouTube page, and your interests, and in the, the spectrum of your interests.
0: Yes, yes.
3: You added this to your repertoire. I, I I can't imagine any possibility of disappointment.
0: Wow! No, you sold it. You're. I'm sold. I'm gonna bring Enzo in too. We got Enzo, my sold friend too. coming in. Enzo's interested too. He's been messaging me about this. We've been talking a little yeah. bit about remote viewing. I've been view a pest. In
4: the She's being very but, kind. Uh, uh, gentlemen love, love the whole thing here. Uh, I'm curious, uh, for, for David just, and I understand everyone's a little different and has different ways of learning and different paces and stuff like that. But just as an example, mm-hmm. when you first start off, you didn't know anything about it to where you are now, about how much time and effort mm-hmm. have you put into this?
1: How much time and effort? Um, I could tell you, I probably do three or four tar- probably I would say three targets a week conservatively for the past, what, year and a half, Russell, would you say? I mean, seriously? Typically, the
3: the path is probably about three years. So from the time you do your basic course, you have 10 follow-up homeworks that Paul uh, individually reads every line of, annotates correct, incorrect tips, uh, various other factors then by the time the intermediate course comes up that's about a year and then it's the same routine uh till you get to advance and then after advance there's 10 homeworks where you get the same kind of personalized uh treatment so it's, I, it's, I would yeah it's rigorous training
1: in, in 10 homeworks um you don't qualify for the next class until you finish those homeworks that's just how it is
4: right oh wow all in all though, I mean, even a three year time frame's way faster than I thought it would be. Uh, mm-hmm.
1: oh yeah. But you know, it's you know it's like anything else though, too. I mean, if you want to be really, really good, it's gonna take years. I mean, you know, you're just like you're playing a you know, you're in, you're playing an instrument that's you, you know, you play a song and sometimes you're gonna play the wrong note or whatever. <laughs> so um it takes time. Um I could tell you though, I've gotten better. I mean I from, from, from when I started till now, it's, it's pretty significantly better. I I mean, I I mean, I literally was drawing, like, just like, it would take me 30 pages, just a little, just to draw something. Now it's just like, by page five, I've drawn a bunch of stuff, you know? So you you literally kind of like, you're sharpening this, this tool, you're getting better. You're, what they call uh, neuroplasticity, uh, Russell could talk a little bit about this, but you're kind of building a a map in your in your mind. You've had these these failures, you know what this feels like, you know what this sure. sounds like, you know what this smells like. So, by building this this library of targets, you're getting you're getting a sense of what these things feel like in a psychic environment.
4: That's fantastic to hear that it's it's a regular skill that anyone can do and personally, I couldn't carry a tune in a bucket, but I'm willing to <laughs>
3: still put in some time on it.
2: Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, I
3: mean, go ahead, Russell. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. Enzo, it, it's uh neuroplasticity is, is one word, but literally you build perceptual pathways and you learn to take memory and imagination out of your incoming perceptions that translates into some amazing benefits in your daily life as well. Oh, so, Amazing benefits.
1: Yeah, intuition kicks up. Other things, there are, there are, there are um, residual, I don't know what you want to call it, good byproducts from remote viewing. You know, remo-
3: Substantially so. That's interesting. Yeah. And, and so when I started Enzo, my ability would best be described as average. So, for instance, in my post-course review for basic, it was like, oh, you're a nice person and you're determined you should do okay. So uh, it wasn't based on my product. Then my determination kicked in, did a little better in in, in, intermediate and then better in advanced. And then once I graduated advanced, I got recruited by a bunch of different folks uh, interested because, like I say, when you come out of Paul's advanced, he estimates one out of 10 students who start actually finish.
2: Oh, wow,
3: 10%. Oh, it's, it's it's not for the faint of heart. And I'm not trying to, to make it sound too tough, but, you know, just by the time you comply with Windows original training via Paul, uh, the essay writing that you have to do, the homework, the very difficult week that you have, I was fortunate uh, to have another uh, a Stargate member and actually a, a Stargate commander come to Paul's class and be one of the uh, be the assistant instructor. Polony allows uh, one instructor per two students, oh, so wow. the classes are normally two uh, instructors. In my case, Bill Ray um, was the assistant in intermediate and advanced. I will never ever for any reason regret anything, any experience, the field trips, the being one handshake away from Ingo Swan. It, it's truly worth it. and. People can argue, they can speculate, they can modify, they can change. You know, if you get in to to this particular training, and look, I don't get a commission, okay? (laughs) It's it's going to You're not getting a commission? No. Are you? (laughs) (laughs) What? David's out. All right. Terrible. But anyway, enough said. Seriously, and, and for a person who's intense and has pursued these things diligently, it's the best training that that I've ever had. It's the best training that I think is available out there in current times. And I would encourage, uh, and, and I don't know your first name, I'm sorry, the host. But Enzo, Enzo and Jess, I, honestly, explore it. Just yeah. go for it. I'm definitely picking you. up that book. Uh, I'll keep an eye out for the
4: DVD set. It uh, says currently unavailable on Amazon at the moment for the for
3: that. But I'll tell you what? What. So I'm, uh, uh, let's see, I don't know how this would work. Maybe you can give it to David. Give me your address. Um, I'll send you mine. I'm done with mine, long past oh. the need for it. I've got it sitting here on the shelf. So give me Enzo's address or I can send it to Jess and I'll send that to you compliments of oh. the universe. Thank
4: well, you thank very you. much, sir. It's very generous. Well, thank you. you'll enjoy
3: it. It's worth it.
0: Let me introduce Kevin down here. We had Kevin pop in and for everybody, hey, Kevin. Kevin's a good friend of the show. He's from Calling All Beings and he made, up oh, this way, my logo up here over here in the corner. Oh, nice. Yeah, I just hey, want to introduce going? Yeah, Kevin, going, Kevin, do you have any questions about remote viewing? Dude, I do. I'm, I'm really interested it. in this topic. So I'm actually wondering, um, do you guys, not for me, do, is there any criminal elements? Do you get like bad people trying to go through your schools?
2: Oh, good.
0: Like question. any bad I'm seeds
1: gonna... or anything? You've had a couple bad seeds, did not you, Russell? Some of your glasses?
2: Yeah. Because you got to no, figure. Like, I mean, you can Russell's
1: get, a bad I mean, seed. The no, stuff you no. can <laughs> get. Oh, like, can I promote you like a bulk?
2: I'm, um,
4: I'm not even hard, like, to like, come Dude.
1: No, I mean.
4: But it's, it's know, not limited by intention, though, right? I mean, you.
1: I've never. You, okay. I've, I could say that I, I've—I mean, when I go to Paul's class, I've only been with one other person. It's always been me and other student and Paul. So, you know, I've always been—you know—it's a very—you get—you get very tight knit group. You get to—you get to literally like ask Paul all kinds of questions at lunch and stuff. I mean, you, it's really an amazing experience. But, um, yeah, I mean, I've never ran into. There's people in the community at large. I'm not a big fan of. I can't, okay. I can't tell you that much.
4: <laughs> people We're are people. are right. cool. Yeah. Awesome. Also, um, do you have any awkward experiences like remote oh, viewing?
1: Yeah, that's yeah. Cool. I got. Oh. I got you, do you um, want to share any? Sure. I I, get, I had yes. one. I got a. I had one of. Uh, I'll tell you exactly what it was. I had I had a target. I I went into a target pool. A lot of these these viewers these viewers have target pools, right? So I went in, I went into Lynn Buchanan's target pool. Okay, one time, and I start drawing all these people in these weird positions, and I'm like, what is going on? So I'm AOLing acrobats, I'm AOLing, like, what are these guys doing? You know, like, I get these just weird positions and stuff like that. So the target ended up being um, this event in, like, Germany or Europe or something, where these people get together and, like, um, celebrate um, sex or intercourse or something like that. So I'm drawing all these people, you know, <laughs> <laughs> this is the strangest target. That's 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 an awkward target. That, you an it was awkward So awkward target, to made Kevin
0: awkward. run away.
4: <laughs> that's a rare feat.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, most awkward I'll, target I've had. Yeah,
3: I'll throw one story at you, Kevin. Um, and this goes back to what David was saying about this really shouldn't be taken lightly or treated as a frivolous adventure there can be psychic kickback. So I oh. had, uh, I had a, a friend that I was assisting in their training. They took Paul's uh, basic DVD, and I was trying to help him a little bit beyond that. And we went to a target pool, uh, like uh, David just said, that was online. And we both did the target together at the same time, not knowing what it was. So my session... I had very a lot of emotion, a lot of upset, dead bodies, war, oh. um, very uncomfortable. And then my friend, she had like sunshine and rainbows and unicorns and that kind of thing. Well, about maybe an hour, two hours later, she started getting nauseous, headache, uh, just kind of cried a couple of times. And she's like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, yeah. And in between then... We had found out that uh, it was a very, very inappropriate target for beginner remote viewers, but it was the actual uh, conflict at the moment of the conflict of D-Day.
1: Oh, uh, yeah! So, you gotta be careful. You gotta be So careful. her
3: mind deflected to sunshine and rainbows and unicorns, but her preconscious took in that that negative data. Uh, on my you know page, I had like bodies piled up. AOLs of Vietnam, World War II. So I kind of got it. And then at that point I actually called Paul to kind of ask, you know, how I could help her move out of that residual negative space that entered her consciousness but didn't surface. Yeah. Was she able to recover pretty quickly with yeah, it once now? she realized what was going on, it just boom. Okay. like that it was the not knowing where is this weirdness where is this uncomfort or discomfort coming from so once she really oh that's okay and and then she was able to move past it so you know when you talk about weird experiences yeah you know i gonna give you a list but that, that's a- one worth mentioning to highlight david's point earlier of you know taking it with proper regard it's consciousness it's perception it's entering your beingness. Yes. And and. Yeah, you
1: could you could you could cry at a Target. You could you could yeah. you know get a sense of. I mean, you're you're picking up on their emotions. You know you, you're you're getting a, a piece of that. So you you learn in training how to pick it up, put it down. You know. Yeah, you know, you that, I guess that up, was a question
0: down. I was going to uh, have. Like, record can you it. Protect it up yourself. It mm-hmm.
2: Can yeah. you
0: protect? Set up some sort of something so you protect your psyche or. You just kind it's, of clear it out after.
1: Well, there's a, there's a Russell. You could probably elaborate on this, but there, there's a stage five process. We kind of do like kind of a kind of a unloading kind of thing. Um, but um, I don't know, Russell.
3: Well, yeah, there's a thing called the aesthetic impact break. And aesthetic isn't in this case referring to beauty, but it's more towards the original definition of emotional impact um, on you, the viewer. So when the first time it happened to me, I'm sitting there with an ex-military remote viewer, Bill Ray, a man's man, if you will. And I just start crying and I, I feel stupid. Yeah. And he says, let's set your pen down He was very compassionate. He let me, it was probably 10 minutes before I could get all of this out of my system. And he said, we all experienced it in the unit when we were assigned to traumatic type situations. And that relief or that permission to just grieve was very, very useful. One of the key elements though is firmly and decisively with intent ending your session. And I actually have a little imaginary visualization where I imagine my attention coming back to me after I firmly end the session, literally with an exclamation mark and the time. And then when my mind goes, "Well, well, I wonder what that was. No, just end the session, come back into present time, if you will, or present location, whichever, and, and focus on this room and whatever it is you're doing, the people around you, and then wait for feedback on the session, but disconnect from it very, very intentionally. If you let your mind dwell on it, your attention will stay there and you'll keep trickling that stuff back into your awareness.
0: No, that makes that makes a lot of sense. I think like instinctually what I did is I focused on... Um, I have a tattoo on my forearm. So I was like, when I come back, I'm going to focus on coming back to this image on my mm-hmm. arm that I mm-hmm. know very well.
3: Yep. Some anchor point in your environment or your present time, and in, in, in sometimes you'll get feedback, sometimes you won't. But if you can just disconnect, you start the session with, I don't know. You should end the session with, I don't know. Start it definitively, end it definitively. And then let whatever happens happen. And so sometimes you'll get feedback and you'll go, oh, yeah, wow, okay, I was close, or wow, I was dead on, or oops, I missed. And so it is.
1: Also, too, your session could be biased by who who you are, what your interests are, how where you're going to the target. If I go to a target, I may perceive whatever I would normally be interested in at the target. Russell may be interested in something else. Mm -hmm. You know, like, say, if we go to a museum i may be looking at this artifact he may be looking at this because this is so that's another reason why it's nice to get a, a team of viewers because you'll get a you you'll get a more encompassed picture of what's going on there
3: and david made a very good point earlier if you're going to perceive via somebody else's perception at the site you're going to get their version of what's going on so bill ray tells a great story where um his wife is Native American, and she viewed the last uh, battle of Custer and had a positive feeling about it. And another person who w- was also assigned to that same target had a very negative feeling about it. So if you were Native American, you would perceive that as a victory and, and be happy. But if you, you know, were one of the cavalry, you wouldn't be so happy. So you've got to remember as you move around a scene to each person's perceptual position, you're going to be seeing it through their filters. Somewhere above that, if you can get past, and again, it's, the whole remote viewing process is essentially designed to get rid of memory and imagination. If you listen to you know, gurus all over throughout time, they say we're only suffering memory and imagination. If we were just here as it is now and saw it as it was, we could respond appropriately. But when those other factors trickle in, now you're distorted.
0: No, that's, it seems like that is something that, because I guess, you know, we talked a little bit about how remote viewing can change your perception of like reality and your existence can Either you, David, or Russell, talk a little bit about that and how it's changed for you after remote viewing. It
1: expands your perception. I mean, this whole thing is expanding your perception. I mean, I think what it's. I think under you know, Russell, Russell has, Russell knows more, a lot more about this. But I'll just say, and he'll get to the underlying root of this. But you know, Ingo was a very <laughs> he was a brilliant guy. I mean, this is more than just remote viewing here. Okay, this is yeah. this is teaching us how to expand our own perceptual um, our way of perceiving and in the process your perceptual awareness is, is expanded and the byproduct of it just it's just the way it is your intuition gets enhanced uh, you're more cognizant of things you get better remote viewing you're more you just it, it just is um, your, your perceptual awareness is expanding in the process it's, it's um, and I could tell you just from the training, it's every stage that you're you're it's like you're growing into the stage. Um, you, you're now you're ready for stage four. Now you're ready for stage five. Um, Russell. Well,
3: and that's one of the keys to the year. The essentially, what amounts to a year between courses, you need time to adapt and to acclimate. I've seen people go in the deep end right out of the okay. gate.
2: Yeah, they and jump right stage. to stage four
1: and it turns into garbage. It's all garbage because they're in a hurry. They want to get.
3: Uh, right. And, but also the the transition from thinking, uh, you know, a lot of people enter this. I'm just a body. How could I possibly perceive at a certain, or perceive something at a distance or through time? At a certain point, you start to make the consideration. Maybe I'm not just a body. And for people who are coming out of some sort of physicalist or materialistic path, that can be a shocking transition. I went into remote viewing thinking and realizing I'm not just a body. I'm a being with a mind and a body. So so when one moves to that higher perception, there there can definitely be moments of discomfort. There's no doubt about that. Oh, okay, oh, right?
2: okay.
1: If you're a person that just thinks that, that this is just it and you get into this it's really going to change your whole (laughs) if you're really one of those people that just believe like this is just it this probably isn't the thing for you (laughs) at
3: the end of certain sessions when you've done well i've literally cried i've just sat there with my mouth open i've asked myself how in the you know could that possibly happen so, so it's a, this is a reality changer. And that acclimation period is very, very important. If one does not maintain their stable basis, you know, taking care of their loved ones, their family, their, if people go off in the deep end, they want to, you know, remote view Galaxy X and this and that. I've never, ever seen anybody come out of that well you've mm-hmm. just got to keep your feet on the ground keep breathing do your fundamental daily basic life shop mow yard vacuum your house whatever and then as this broader perceptual ability and it's not just expanded it's clarified and when you when you when you start to st- as close as possible for a human to see things as they are there's some really great things that you'll see you didn't see. And there also may be some unpleasant things that, that you had precluded from your perception. Would you say that that's because I was thinking this while you were
4: saying that, uh, what other hazards, I understand it's mostly training and experience. And it sounds like moving too fast before you're ready is, is probably the biggest hazard are, are there any other hazards like that with doing remote viewing?
3: No, the the gradient is really important. Ingo does a really wonderful talk with Art Bell. And Art Bell asked, as things opened up in the program, did various people have um, interesting or, how how shall I say, new type of perception? And Ingo's like, yes. As soon as you expand your perception, so just like if I look out my window and I say, I want to look at the tree. okay. Well, when I look out that window, I'm going to see the grass. I'm going to see the sky. I'm going to see the clouds. You don't get to just see the tree. And in the unit that, that was, uh, um, for some people, it's exhilarating. They're just like, wow. You know, some people, they, they, they have a, oh, I can't believe it. This is too incredible. Some people have a, a, maybe a fear or an awkward reaction to it. But there's no doubt when you open your curtains, you don't just see what you set out to look at. Everything else is there.
0: It's, uh, I do have a question from the chat um, asking about, where did it go? Hold on here. I often wonder how, Brad T says, I often wonder how consciousness remote viewing may appear to an observer at a given target. Might this explain of some some of what we see? I think what he's asking, like a highly advanced non-human consciousness viewing us from another point in space or time, yeah, is he
1: asking like what we look like? Yeah, I like, think
0: so. He's asking. He might. He might clarify as we talk. I can
1: tell you. Uh, you know, I wanted to say I, I, I did an interesting target a while back where I was supposed to basically I was supposed to go into the point in time where ingo um was spotted on the moon okay which is something that was that happened okay, so okay, was, okay. whatever um and i drew the astronaut or i drew this kind of suit I say astronaut i got this kind of suit and i drew him pointing to something okay now what he was pointing to when i probe i was pointing i'm getting this like i don't even know how to describe it like a black mass you know mm-hmm. so um I've heard people describe it as like a mirror. Um, so I don't know. I really don't know uh, what we what we would look like uh, by what we, we may just look like us. You know, if, if, right. if, if somebody could actually perceive us while we're there, we may just look like us. I really don't know. Can, but that's what I, I got I,
0: out of it. Um, I, have, I have maybe a question for I do have a question for you. Can you view yourself or have you viewed yourself? Um, I've, I've wanted
1: to, ta- I've wanted to do, I I've often wanted to do like a tasking of myself, remote feeling myself just to see if it's I was like like, like, like a feedback or something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like a a like uh, but I've never, I've never done it. Um, could,
4: could you view yourself like when you were a kid or something like that?
1: Well, as long as you're blind to it I and mean, as long as you're, you could view anything you want as, as long as you're blind to the target and that way you, you don't you know you can't your imagination can't creep into to make stuff up about it so if somebody would task you that sure yeah you can um i have been tasked myself and it was interesting actually i was tasked myself to find out what would be my next medical issue or apparatus yeah. it ended up being it ended up being a hearing aid but what was funny what, is that hearing
0: aid
1: well and i i do have bad hearing yeah so but, but what was funny is is once i saw the tasking is I was I was probing around the people at the Target, and I got what I think it was my daughter and my wife, and I got a sense of what how my daughter felt about me. It's just like oh, this is what, this is what I look like to you, huh? like, oh, like this guy seems kind of like he's kind of bossy. And he's kinda-
2: oh no, you're that's like that's funny. Nice.
1: <laughs> so, but I, I was a made real it-
4: jerk.
2: <laughs> I,
1: I've kind of made it a like I've told Yana and Theo like guys, unless you really need me to, I'd rather not remote view you. you guys because yeah. you're my friends. You know what I mean? It's just strange because um, you because you're you're spying on them. You know what I mean? Right. It's, yeah. Even even if they task you, it's still weird. It's
0: still um, weird. I have a good I have a question here from DJ San Marco. He says, "My question is, by what medium do you believe the signals travel from the transmitter?" That you're viewing to the receiver. Do you think is it bioelectric? Is this a bioelectric signal similar to radio?
3: That's a Russell question. Okay. I want to check in at this point. I assumed a bunch of people were going to come in. So I'm not I hope I'm not butting in here. Oh no. Okay. No, I, right. I thought a group of people. Th- that kind of is a question I've spent some time on for various reasons. If you can imagine turning on a flashlight and the wall across the room lights up, but there's no photons traveling between the flashlight and the wall, that's how remote viewing works. (laughs) So you could twist quantum superposition. You could do any number of things that you want. In this case, a good answer is I don't know. Hmm. But when you look at the instantaneousness of it in regard to, say, viewing the moon, you will see Ingo talk about just boom, and you will also see him talk about a sense of travel time, personal theory. The travel time might be representative of the mind or the astral body, the spirit body, mental energy body, whatever you want to call it. It moves much faster okay and the times if you look at when he says well i felt like i traveled for eight minutes it kind of corresponded to the speed of light the instantaneous thing i believe is that stepped back me that is prior to time and space that's the non-local aspect of remote viewing so in other words how could my mind find a target if some part of me didn't already know where the target was and my body there at the table has only gotten eight digits as a uh, address for the destination, right? So if you look at uh, Ingo's deeper esoteric works, he refers to humans much like many religions around the world as a tripart nature where you have a physical representation, a mental representation, but then there's you and it appears the problem for a lot of things is that we've identified with the the mental and the physical so much that we say, "Oh, I am that." Yes. But yet we say things like my body or my hand. So who is the possessor? Or my mind is troubled. Who's the one possessing the mind? So Ingo believed there was this other part that's truly non-local, prior to space and time. And you see, body, soul, and spirit, and Hindu Trinity. Uh, you can go through any religion and or philosophy, and generally see a similar model. So, does my attention travel? No, it appears. And when you were asking, talking about bi-location, yes. But I, I mean, my left hand's over here. My right hand's over here. Have I bilocated? Technically, yes. I'm in two okay. different places. So, when you So when your attention manifests at the target site, you have attention there that's perceiving, but you have attention here that's writing and staying focused, staying within the structure. And like David said, you can get a little goofy sometimes. Your spelling will go to crap or your handwriting will trail off. And that was where Ingo had what's called the bilocation break. If you were too much immersed and start to, know, I've nodded out, like literally my head bonked off the table during a session, that's time to take a bilocation break. Okay. You're not enough appetite. You take a bilocation break. So the ideal is to be able to place your attention wherever it's been directed and simultaneously function with enough tension here, attention here on your session and your monitor and your form. So hopefully that answers the question, which really wasn't an answer.
1: (laughs) Some of my best sessions, I just wanted to add some of my best sessions, I'll start marking my pages, the wrong numbers. I'll start because I I'm starting to kind of like, I'm getting a little too immersed into the target, but it, but it also tells me I'm on target. When I start doing stuff like that, I know i went somewhere, you know, like I know I'm I'm in somewhere. So I look at it as, I mean, you want to stay in structure, but I I look kind of looking like, Oh, it's a cursor. Like I must be going, I must be in the right direction. Um, but also I wanted to mention too about time when you're in the session. What's interesting too, is when you're in session, time stands still. I mean, you, you, you go down you start working and the next minute you look up and an hours pass and it's, it's, it's really
0: strange how fast time moves when you're in session. It's, it's very interesting. Wow. Uh, Brad T said, what a tremendous explanation that was by the way. And uh, DJ said, is it limited to the inside of our atmosphere? Uh, for because uh, I guess he, DJ came in a little later. He says, for example, can you remote someone who's physically on Mars? We did talk about that a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, there's no limits. I mean, there's no limits and um, there's no limits as far as uh, space. I mean, time. I, you know, I don't know. I mean, what would you say about that, Russell? I mean, for some reason. You know, like I said, the relative past and, and I mean, the relative present and the future, I mean, in the past is very, is pretty good, um, but it gets slippery, the future. Um.
3: Yeah, I, I, again, this is, in, in so many times of remote viewing, I don't know is the best answer. Yeah, you're right. So if it I tell everybody, like if I tell everybody here right now, just simply open and close your hand. And I say, how did you do that? What, what muscles did you activate? What nerves? What chemical processes? What electrical? You don't know. I don't know. You opened your hand and you closed it, right?
0: 100%.
3: So yes. it's operational. It's an operational philosophy. You can do it, but you might not be able to explain it. Remote viewing is very much like that. Um, the time thing from my experience, limited experience, is that the past is significantly easier Um and more accurate to view as is the present than the future. So like the weird analogy I have in my mind about is if you think of a lightning bolt, you've got this key center part of it. And then you've got all these stringers that come out and a lot of those dead end, but then there's that one that hits the ground and, you know, causes the thing and, and the whole noise. So I look if you look at a lightning bolt horizontally I look at all those stringers as potential futures that, that didn't seem to anchor, connect, ground out, or, or become real, but one did. So the future viewing, and I've, I know some very, very good remote viewers. Um, they That's a an analogy, do, Russell, by the way. I got to use that. Uh, this patented, man.
0: <laughs> Trademark. You so, gotta pay Russell when you say when you use
3: it. <laughs> so um and send me a thousand dollars for every mention. Mm-hmm. But um so the future seems to be significantly more difficult to view. And I'm not going with parallel timelines, that kind of stuff. That's way too far out for me. Okay. It just seems like things go and this could happen, but it didn't, yet this did. But when when I remote view the past, like one of the best um, areas that that I've done very well at remote viewing is archaeology. Oh, I don't have a particular love for archaeology or an interest. I'm not a scientist. You know, I've I've got a nice GED from the 1970s. Um, But boy, I've had some very, very accurate sessions from the past. When you, I don't know if anybody here is old enough to remember the old, is it live or is it Memorex commercials? Ella Fitzgerald? Yeah. 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 yeah okay. Breaking the glass. So once you get to the present, like David says, you can you you can start to feel there's some dynamics. You go to the past, you can feel antiquity. I, I don't know how to describe it except for it's just. That's a good way to describe antiquity. Yeah. yeah it just feels older. And you, you can kind of sense that. It's like a, It's like something in the air. But when you go live, you can then in a different sort of way feel interactions with potential other presences. Speaking of Mars and Tom McNear, and your question earlier about or somebody's question earlier about if there are other viewers at the site at the same yes. time. OK, so Tom McNear was Ingo's best student. Uh, Ingo gave him credit for being a better remote viewer than himself. He's an amazing human being that I love dearly. And he, in um, the uh, updated version of penetration, uh, has an experience that he had on Mars where he felt he was communing with other beings. And in his process of evaluating it, he did consider, because there were five viewers pass on it at the same time, he did consider, is this the other viewers? Mm. Or is there some sort of entity on Mars? So, Tom, and and, I mean, his level of remote viewing is mind boggling. Like, he named targets, even though he'd never heard the name of the target. He did some incredible things, like very
1: uh, specific names, too. I mean, I'm
3: not (laughs) like Stanford uh, (laughs) Linear (laughs) Accelerator. You know, he had this target, and he's like, oh, this is the Stanford Linear Accelerator. And I asked him, I asked him. I said, "Well, did you had you ever heard of?" It? He said, "No." I'm like, "Okay, how the hell <laughs> could you?" I can barely say it and know what it is, right? So, um, the the idea that there's a difference between past, present, and future viewing is absolutely so. Yes.
2: Oh.
4: Wow. Have to be honest, I find that what you said about the future being uncertain and the further out the the. Wilder it could get I actually find that a little reassuring to be honest that mm-hmm. knowing that it's not a predestination well at 807 tomorrow I'm going to trip and fall down the stairs and no it's mind. actually going to be <laughs>
3: 809 so <laughs> <laughs> I got two minutes bring, I'm taking it bring a pillow with you um yeah in, in that 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 is a, a question some people will say you know predetermination you know, all that stuff who 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 wants to feel like an automaton that's just run on a program with, with no free will. One of the analogies that someone gave me that I operate with that I like is that, okay, if I get on a ship in Los Angeles and I'm going to Mexico, I am leaving Los Angeles and I am arriving in New Mexico or in Mexico, but while I'm on board, I can play shuffleboard, I can lay in the sun, I can sit at the bar, I could go to the, the you know food court, whatever. So, so there's there's gotta be some sort of, of a balance there tendencies, propensity, even collective agreement can bring about certain futures that might be somewhat fixed out there, but how will you be involved? How will you participate? So again, that's kind of an I don't know area, but each of us yearning for free will will tend towards that, but nothing else makes sense. If I'm I'm just a a pre-programmed thing and a pre-programmed bigger thing, then you can't hold me accountable for anything. Exactly. Mm. I'll just run amok, and if you're upset about it, too bad. Whoever programmed me, talk to them. Blame it on the program. Exactly.
0: So I have a question from Apollo11. He says, is it helpful to practice with Zenner cards to develop your skills? What
1: they
0: found early on
1: i think with zener cards and the senior cards didn't work but i think what the deal is i think the, the problem is is you get your subconscious gets you, you get bored you just mm. get bored you know you're like star you're star, star, yeah, you start to do the you know you start to do the the you know the, the, the trick or whatever and then your subconscious like i'm done performing you know what i mean so it just gets disinterested it, it, russell do you have something to add to that
3: well, I mean, literally, Ingo's uh, boredom with the ASPR, the American Society for Psychical Research, um, his boredom is what started remote viewing. Yeah, yeah.
1: they're like, you, you guys are undermining yeah. my, you're undermining my ability. I can go anywhere. Put yeah, me, put yeah. Me somewhere else. And
3: yeah. so the first four uh, true out-of-body or, or, if you want to call them, uh, extended remote viewing experiments took their took place there as a result of that. And what they did was they had basically a triple blind system. They would give him a name of a city. He would pop there, say, well, it's Phoenix, Arizona. It's 40 degrees. It's pouring rain. And they're like, oh, no, no, no. That can't be true. Then they would get the instantaneous weather report, and it's 40 degrees, and it's raining in Phoenix, Arizona. So that really is what caught the interest of the CIA. Um, uh, How Putin...
1: Ingo knew about rings around, what was it, Jupiter, um, Russell? Or what was it? Ingo had remote viewed some planet that had rings around it. Oh, yeah, before
3: they, uh, the. They didn't even know. They, they didn't even have pictures of it yet. They're like, well, you, no, they didn't, they didn't think there was. They knew there yeah. was rings around Saturn, but not Jupiter. Yeah. And so, before, I think it was the Voyager expedition, if I'm not mistaken. So, he did the viewing before Voyager and significant amounts of data back from Voyager. Corresponded to things that science was effectively in denial about. See, when you're remote viewing at that level,
1: the, the, he, you know, he, like he's that confident where he's like, "No, no, you'll see."
0: <laughs> no, I mean, see how nuts that is? It's just nuts to me that it's so accurate that science proved, you know, these things that Ingo had viewed. It's just nuts. You guys, this stuff is real. I think it seems like it.
3: <laughs> no, I, I can, you know, I don't know. And it just sounds like, you know, someone screaming into the wilderness crazy. I don't know how. And I've never found an exact way to convey to somebody it's real. Mm-hmm. It's real. I have sat there and somebody, you know, emailed me eight numbers. I wrote the eight numbers down on a piece of paper. And I drew the damn thing, mm-hmm. so the key is, and, and whoever uh, guided you towards doing your own session first, jazz, was yeah. brilliant. Uh, Paul uh, talks about this in um, in his book, the uh, the most recent one, remote viewing. What's it called, David?
1: Um, remote view, uh Remote Yeah. Shoot.
3: Oh, David.
1: <laughs> oh gosh. Oh, Oh gosh. The essential guide, essential guide to remote viewing. Yeah,
3: the essential guide. The only way to get somebody to realize it's real is to have them do it themselves. Yeah, yeah. For sure. I did it. I did I can, it. And now yeah. your level of certainty is what?
0: I believe it. I believe right. it can be done because. What the targets were, I had no freaking clue. And I went into this 100% blind, not knowing. I just got, because what David was, we did four numbers. So I did four numbers and I just concentrated on those numbers. And believe it or not, you know, these impressions and images Mm -hmm. came in. So to me, I can't figure out why it worked. And I I think Mm -hmm. that's part of it is like, I don't think I need to figure out why, but Mm -hmm. it did.
4: I'm shocked! It was only yeah, four I, numbers that gave you that much.
0: It,
1: it, it, I told her. It? I told her to keep it four because of the way she was doing it. You know, so yeah. she could focus on a short number. You know. Yeah, because and- I had to wait. I had
0: to open my eyes one time and be like, "What were those numbers again?"
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> CRV, oh, no. CRV. Usually, you get a lot more digits. <laughs> you didn't target her on. You didn't target no, I, her on pi. I, tar- I didn't target. I didn't target her on
3: anything. She had somebody else target her. Um, so so yeah, the the it, it, it literally is factually a self-realization, you could talk to your blue in the face. I could take any of the couple hundred sessions I have stacked up here, like condominiums, give them to someone and say, see, look, and then they're, they can find a reason, well, how do we know them? But you've got to just let a person experience it. Yeah. And once you see it, given a choice between pounding your head on the wall repeatedly or trying to figure it out, it's about the same thing. Yeah. You just simply say, I did it. I can I- do it. And when you learn to use your intention and you go through the, the structure and set your memory and your imagination aside, and in the end, assemble it into a summary, which David mentioned earlier, you'll go, wow, it works.
0: It, it, it does work. And like, because, like, I always talk about UFOs, but I haven't seen one or an alien or nothing, but I did RV. And it worked, and I'm completely <laughs> shocked. Completely yep. shocked.
2: It's and that's all word.
0: I say is try it.
1: You know what's interesting to me is is uh, the probably the best remote viewers in the world are yet to be found. I mean, we're such a small percentage of the world that's doing this. I mean, just some of the watching. things that I've seen for some. You know, somebody mentioned Pat Price in here. He was amazing. Yeah, there's, let me open that right here for Pat Price is yeah. out there right now that they don't even know. Um, because, you know, they just, they're not, they're not doing this. It's it's funny because it, it's, you know, it's, I, I was saying this to you earlier. It's, it's like a, it's like having a superpower only because so few people are using it. <laughs> if, it's, if everybody was using it, it would be a very normal thing. You know what I mean? Um, I'd love to imagine? see this thought to kids in school. I really would. I think it would, I think it changes you as a person. It, it For whatever reason, it just, it, it, it does.
4: What do you imagine the world would be like if Much everyone better. knew? It? Like if if everyone can do what you what you two guys can better. do right now. Much better. How do you view civilization? I would, there
1: would be there would be less kids on drugs. There would be uh, there would be more educated people. There would be. Um, um, I can tell you great. what remote viewing does for you. It expands your vocabulary. Um, Ooh, really? It it. It, it, it draws you internally. It makes you it just makes you more cognizant of what's happening around you, the people around you more cognizant of their feelings. Um, it, 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 I think it's made me a better person. It's made me a more um, all the way around. It just does. And, and, I, I, and I truly believe that if, if kids um, because what happens is you you become so fascinated with something that you could do internally, Everything else becomes muted. Uh, you know, these kids. Once a kid learns that they could remote any remote view any location, anywhere, time, and anywhere in space, drugs doesn't seem all that. They don't need drugs to go. They they just right. do it themselves. They can I, they can go to another planet on I, their own. Steam. I,
4: I can't imagine watching cable ever, ever again. Get. Just cancel that bill right now and just right. Close use the cable the universe.
1: <laughs> That's you know, why. That's that. It's. I'd really love to see kids doing this. I think. It, I think it could be. That's amazing. Uh, but but yeah, then I mean, we're trying to get people on board with it, that's the problem. I mean, yeah. um, I've seen skeptics kick butt at this. Like, like first time out. Like, I totally just, just sketched the whole thing. Like they walked in the door, they didn't believe it, and, like, first-timer effect, they went in and they, and they nailed it. Um, wow. It's an innate ability.
3: We all have it. And, you know, it's interesting what you say about improvement. Each person... Um, has an individual response like everything. So for me, someone who just obsesses over being. Russell's right. actually worse now, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Well, no. I'm
0: teasing
2: the me. ankle
3: bracelet is flashing as we speak. I got to check in in a minute. Uh, is that, that <laughs> that's why you're remote <laughs> viewing? Because you're on house arrest, huh? There you go. Um, like for me, who's just obsessed with being right. There was a point one day during a session after multiple continuous failures over a significant period of time where I literally screamed out at my left brain, like, how many times are you willing to be wrong before you quit? You know, then you start Googling left brain lobotomy. How do I get rid of this thing? (laughs) And as soon as I broke down and laughed, I was like, wow, you know, so. For me, it had that unique effect. And then going into uh, daily life, you just realize I, I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at somebody, shoving somebody on the sidewalk and say, okay, it's, you know, gangs or a couple fighting or this, that, or the other. And I out it was somebody trying to help somebody not step out in front of a car. There's, in there's mind, something in,
1: in remote viewing called AOL, analytical overlay. It's when you yeah. you have got an impression, you right. you've you've you put all this crap on top of whatever it really is. You, your analytical mind is doused and all this remote viewing does give you a, a sense of really how much of your life is analytical overlay. We yep. put so much um so much of our own crap onto everything that we perceive. Um and, and I catch myself doing it all the time. I mean still I mean, still to this day, it doesn't cure you of it. But it makes you a little more cognizant. Like we are constantly painting our own paintbrush over everything we experience in this world. And that's another thing. thing does It makes you cognizant of that. It makes you, you don't realize how much of it you're actually doing. (laughs) You're doing it all the time. (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) So we did have some people join a little late. And so we are having the question again. So if you guys could go over it real quick again, Jesse peak move on wants to know the best way to learn
1: best way to learn is to um if you want if you want to if you want to go the full tilt and you want to be an operational remote viewer would be to fully uh, formally trained at rvis in utah that would be the best way it's the did best training go, did it's, you go
0: to utah yeah really? you it's go oh, physically go okay okay oh, yeah, yeah. Oh,
1: wow. um and you know and look i it's the best thing i've ever did Oh. I mean, that's all I could say. Russell told me that too the whole time. He goes, "Just you know," and he was right. I mean, you know, if you if you know this this is look like Russell said earlier, it's not for the faint of heart. If you're mm. if you're a person who is really looking to to know what you're capable of, to, to really know what you could do, then then this is for you. You know, so I think I always ask my first question to every row viewer is, "What drew you to this?" Because something drew you to this. You know, is it something internally? Something told you you could do this? Something. Um, but P- I really believe that people are drawn to this. There's people that, that just have a feeling inside that they could do
3: this, that there's, they could do more. There's something there.
1: And, um, yeah, yeah. That's
3: it. Yeah. I mean, or, or David, I don't know if you've given out your, um, um, Facebook group address or Paul's mm-hmm. Facebook group address. Now, going right into the public arena, I don't necessarily recommend because the. the
1: yeah, you're going to get a lot yeah,
3: of. Yeah, I'll, I'll stop there before I swear. <laughs> There's,
1: There's a lot of sensationalism. There's a lot of sensationalism. There's a lot of people selling their stuff and nonsense.
3: Like, yeah. It, look, but you it, need. Uh, so I would actually recommend Paul's Essential Guide to Remote Viewing. I bought that book and given it out to at least six or seven skeptics. He fairly addresses skeptics with respect. He gives a tip um, on, you know, just kind of doing your own little trial session. There's even a link to like a small pool of targets that you can try. Give it a try. See if you like it, read about it a little bit. Googling it, I think for a newcomer is a mistake because you might generally find a lot of weird stuff, but. Go go with the fundament, and if you're genuinely interested, um, you know, get the training. So I've been to Utah three times for oh, wow. basic, intermediate, and advanced, a week each, then a week in. Uh, so far, uh, Paul's only operational training course on how to run a remote viewing project, and then I did his sketching course in conjunction with uh, International Remote Viewing Association conference. Those things there, five those five uh, trainings, you know, I'll, I'll go to my grave, incredibly grateful for for having done it.
1: Wow. See, that's what I'm saying. I, I go right for the all stars. Like I, Russell was my mentor. I went to RBIS for training. I had I had the Cadillac ride the whole way. I mean, so man, <laughs> you know, luckily, you know, I was blessed in that way. I'm sur- I'm surrounded by a lot of talented and, and good people. Is there and, a-
3: and for new people, RBS, Joff, who's out here, you know, some someone will pick you up and help you if you're if you're dedicated. Mm-hmm. I tried to help a lot of people that didn't really want help. They, you know, that was a mistake. And handpicking someone, you observe them for a while. And when you see a guy like Kiao, who, when I used to do some kind of uh, podcast type things myself, always had incredible uh, questions, four or five at a shot. And then four or five, 10 minutes later, and you look at that guy, and now he's in Paul's Basic. Uh, David, same way. So when someone, Displays and presents themselves as genuinely interested with a history of some tenacity. Um, if you're that kind of person, someone will pick you up and help you. If you think you're just gonna um, do this in a week and win the lottery and become a millionaire and all your dreams will be fulfilled, <laughs> you, um, I'm yeah, you
2: need to.
0: I
1: think you need a passion team. for it. You need to really, you really you need to enjoy it. You need to enjoy yeah. it
0: for what it is if you want
1: to be good at it. Um, no.
0: I think it's amazing. I, I think it's amazing, but I know too, we have gone half an hour over what we were scheduled to do. Jess. such an amazing conversation. No. And then we had people join in a little bit late so that I wanted to go over a few things again for the people who came in a little late because this was such a great conversation. So I guess before we get out of here, I want, uh, we'll start with David. David, where can everybody find you on, on Facebook and the Facebook groups?
1: You can find me on Facebook. Yeah, I am there and um uh you know I I stick with the you know Ingo CRV methodology pretty much is as at least as it was used in the military um and that's the group you know this this field gets caught up a lot of things get jumbled into this field you know so it's a constant struggle for people like myself for people like Russell Joffrey, try and keep like you know, remote viewing separated from every other discipline that's either metaphysical or esoteric or whatever, um, because it's its own thing. It's its own thing. And, um, so yeah, I mean, that's where you could find me if you're looking, um, if you're looking for the best training on the planet, I would recommend Paul and that's about it.
3: What's the name of the Facebook
1: um, Paul's is remote viewing remote perception. Mine is Ingo um, Swan controlled remote viewing. Ingel uh, Swan uh, safe space. Controlled remote viewing safe space. So yeah, you'll find it.
2: Ingel <laughs> <laughs> Swan
1: CRV safe space is my, my group.
4: Is that the first test? You have to remote view the site. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Brad. If you can find that. You're our kind of first.
0: Yeah, exactly. You have to find it. (laughs) So, uh, uh, Russell, where can people find you if you want people to find you? If you don't, then you don't got to say anything. (laughs) No,
3: I I don't, actually. I kind of took myself out of the uh, public involvement aspect um, for various reasons.
0: I don't blame you. So
3: you can't find me. There are some people (laughs) who do find me on Facebook by my name, which is not direct perception. And so, if you're meant to find me, you'll find me. I'll leave it exactly. But, um, yeah, no, it's
0: Russell.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Hush. Um, but do make sure I get Enzo's um, address or whoever, who yeah. like send those yeah, DVDs we... to you. Can um, you send it to David and I can reply all? Okay. I, I have no problem with either of you having my email or contact. Don't
0: worry, we're I, not gonna be I... an Enzo, those talk people. We don't stalk people, right? And-
3: <laughs> well, that's a little boring. But, um, yeah, so no, I would I would be very pleased for either of you to have that. And I've really enjoyed this. I, like I said, I, I was anticipating a bunch of people coming in. Uh, hey, thanks <clears> for <throat> coming out,
2: Russell.
3: <coughs> oh, David, I wouldn't miss oh, it. Yeah. And um, oh. Jess, I really uh, appreciate your style and your laugh and, and the way the way you've put this whole thing together. Thank and you. So thank you for the good questions, and um, I appreciate it. Is is
4: there a preferred place to pick up the essential guide to remote viewing good book? Question. You guys have something well, on your sites or someplace? Paul that you has guys a site too. A you can probably
1: get it on Paul's site, which is what
0: is it? What is it? Uh, is it this? Is it our viewer? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay, I'm going to drop that in the chat for everybody right now. Too. Yeah,
3: he has it there, and uh, um, I see it on
4: Amazon, but I, you probably don't get too much out of them, so.
3: Yeah, all. he has it there and also on his site he offers a autographed copy. Oh, oh nice. Oh yeah. And yeah, he does. Forgot about so, that. So, um Amazon too Oops. also has it. Autograph copy would be good.
0: No, that's awesome. Um you know, and I think Brad T says we need a part 2, so I'd love to have you guys back on in the future. I think me and Enzo are going to Practice with the DVD first, and then we'd like to. And then we'll bring you guys back on when we're a little more messing around in the whole RV world, and then we can talk about it. How's that sound?
3: Well, that's what oh, David. Great. David, do you ever want to be seen on screen with me again? Oh okay. come on! Are you kidding me? Okay, I, I, I would be. I would definitely <laughs> be. Named. I thought your appearance was great. Well, no, we I thought kind thought it was like, Kind of felt like I butted in here, but no, I David. Oh, I we
0: you in. I mean, Brad I don't and... know, maybe David.
3: I don't know the block button madly I'd be happy to do another deal with you
0: yeah, I think it would be great. The freaking chat people are so interested in finding out more about remote viewing. You know, we have a lot of folks from the UFO community coming in and, you know, very interested about this. So I'm I'm glad we were able to cover it. Oh, please, David. Oh, yeah, I was three. gonna say
1: Russell does a Russell does a presentation. He's put together a presentation actually is very interesting. Um on the bases and stuff that like Pat Price had the E T bases and stuff that are hidden around Ooh. the planet that Pat Price remote viewed and stuff like that. Um um so
3: i just wanted to throw that out there it's very yeah, I, very you- provocative yeah i did a deep dive on the underground basis but even then i took that video down off my youtube channel oh. because of various factors but i still i actually put it up to uh what's that dropbox or whatever mm. um and i, I should get it over to uh yana and teo so they can put it on their site. Uh, I actually had a contact recently um, where somebody requested it, and that's why it's on Dropbox, where Lou Elizondo wanted to see it.
0: Oh, so, oh, oh, now, I, now we, now we want to see it. We're yeah, like, no, hey. I've
3: had, I've had no interaction with him, no contact, but uh, a person who is familiar with both of us, like I said, I've kind of just slipped off the grid a little bit. Things got a little too nutty with certain aspects. I- um but yeah i I, if i get that over to a psi unit then david could give you a link it's 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 a tad eye-opening to say the least
0: i would like to see it brad t would like to see it apollo 11 says maybe we don't know but they said lou is supposedly a remote viewer
3: yeah, he had some training. I believe that's mentioned in that skinwalkers at the Pentagon. Yeah, that's well. where he mentioned it.
0: Yeah. Okay, Jess is to order two books. I need Skinwalkers at the Pentagon. <laughs> I need the remote view, the essential guide to remote view. I'm gonna put that on my wish list, yeah. guys. you guys want to order for that for, a, for Jess.
4: Excellent cliffhanger for next time for sure.
0: I know. I mean, God, we've got some I've got a page full of notes here for next okay. time.
4: <laughs>
3: well, David, thanks oh. for sharing your venue, David. And, yeah, and again, nice to you. to you too. Give me that address and then I'll get that out to you.
0: Yes, we will get that to so, you. Send I'm going to stuff, send it to me <laughs> and then I'll send it to to, um, to Enzo here. Writes down more books. Yeah, exactly. I'll send,
3: it, I'll send it to you for free and then you we'll charge, charge him for it. Yeah. That's, that's how, how it's going to <laughs> work.
0: That's how it works. I'd be like, Enzo, you want this? You got to pay for it plus shipping
3: <laughs> and handling
0: uh so until next time everybody i want to remind everybody to catch me on all social media at the rogge report and live wednesday we're going to have demonologist nathaniel gillis joining us yes and we are going to do a part two everybody's begging for it so until next time oh, everybody gonna- thank you i know everybody loves it thank you guys so much And.